Welcome back to Talking Flick, where we talk about anything and everything, but mostly movies and TV. Today I have Nick. If I was invisible. <laughs> Surprise, Clay Aiken. <laughs> Boom! You know, I didn't think I knew about I'd get that. you speechless uh, on that one. I knew I'd stop the whole show. You caught me right there. So I, and it's funny. That was usually, for producer Ryan. <laughs> usually when we watch a movie, I always think like, what is Nick going to sing? What is Nick going to sing? And for whatever reason, when I'm watching this in theaters, like nothing came that to mind, come obviously. To you. you didn't yeah. think Clay Aiken immediately? I, I was, Ironically, <laughs> right away, Clay Aiken, first five minutes, I'm like, boom, I'm going right American Idol. American Idol all the way. <laughs> so there it was. I was just completely shocked by it. So taken back. Uh, let me find myself. I kept my it a composure. Secret, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a lot us. of twists and turns in my talking flick appearances. So you got to be you got to be on your toes. <laughs> so this week, just uh, Nick and I, just for this week, Ryan will be back next dynamic week. Dynamic duo. Back, yeah, when he comes back from uh, Japan. So dynamic With duo. or without coronavirus. It's yeah. It's 50-50 shot. It's a 50-50 shot, yeah. <laughs> he sends us pictures with the face mask. I really do appreciate that. Yeah, he does so. send that out there. So uh, we're going to dump them in the uh, hand sanitizer jar. Yeah, that's What do they do call it. that thing in Star Wars? Oh, the, the back to tank? The back to tank. Yeah. I think we're just going to fill it with Purell and stick him right just in there. Stick him right. He's good to go. That's it. Lysol. Windex. Windex cures He's going to so. be fine. Yeah, he'll be He's fine. He's a trooper. It's Japan. Japan's pretty cool. Yeah. So, all right. As always, we'll talk a little bit about movie news first. So, uh, one of the biggest things was, of course, there's been talks on a Back to the Future remake oh, starring God. Robert Downey Jr. Of you know what I'm going to say about this. And Tom Holland. You're going to say yes. So, <laughs> no, and Tom no, 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 McFly, no, no, no. So. No, I don't care how good the casting is. Absolutely I mean, because the leaked picture came out about last week, and now it's, you know, Tom Holland came out and said, you know, yeah, there's been been some talks just about it. Yeah, it's been confirmed that they loosely talk about it, but Zemeckis is throwing his body in front of it and saying, absolutely not. I won't let it happen. Uh And And I'm with him. Uh, Robert Zemeckis is the guy who did the first ones. Oh, okay. The director for the first one. He also did Flight. He did Forrest Gump, famous famous director. Oh, wow. Okay. So So he did a lot of like. He did a lot of stuff. He did uh, Castaway, I think. He did the Polar Express movie. Uh He started to do like kid movies uh, recently. He did Flight. With Denzel Washington. Yeah, I, I thought that, that was a really smart movie. He did a good have, job there. I think I, I just remember I saw up to the point where he landed the plane upside down. Yeah. And then something it's happened. I think, it was on, I think it was just on TV and he I just happened to see that He was drunk on part. cocaine and saved almost everybody's life. That's the way you, that's the way you fly. That's, <laughs> that's how I like my pilots. That's how I like my pilots. If he's not drunk, something's wrong. So. <laughs> Denzel, speaking of that, it's not, we'll go out of order just for a second. Denzel yeah. and somebody is doing, a, oh, it's Rami Malek doing mm-hmm. a serial killer cop movie. Oh, really? And you know how much we like the yeah, we do so like those. I a hope lot. I hope that works out. I think it's twenty twenty one. So I we know don't we know a ton about uh, it. We didn't talk about it when it happened, but Mindhunter, you know, more or less kinda got cancelled. And so Is that right? Yeah. Did that so happen? uh so they're taking a little while as far as bringing in the next season. So the oh, director I did not they, see the show that. the show writers as far as David Fincher and everything, uh-huh. they it's not fully cancelled. They've released their actors from their contracts to pursue other things. So it's not full you know, nothing's ever dead, right? You know, but obviously not. Right, yeah, really. Yeah. Talking back to the future reboot, which is outrageous. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> we got more reboots to cover uh, on yeah, top of that. Always a re- you know, there's yeah. always a reboot. There's always a remake. We're doing but... the Invisible Man again. <laughs> Another reboot, so <laughs> or remake, right? more of a remake than yeah. a reboot. So. A reimagining. I'll yeah. call this one a reimagining. Reimagining, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm okay fair. with that. But yeah, so we had that picture of you know just Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. and it looked good. You know, as okay, far I'll, as again, as far as if you were gonna you do can, a reboot, that I'm would gonna, be the best scenario. I'm gonna channel producer Ryan in his absence, and I'm gonna say, look, you can make anything look good. Yeah. You can sure. make uh, yeah. what's his face look like a great Wolverine, Daniel Radcliffe, yeah. if you want to, okay, yeah. with enough CGI makeup and, and artwork. So, yeah, is it a cool idea to have Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Holland who have great chemistry together in a movie? Sure. 
Could you put time travel in that movie? Well, they've already done it once, but sure, do it again. Yeah. Do you have to call it Back to the Future would be my question. Just fucking come up with an original idea and make uh-huh. a movie about time travel. It does not have to be Back to the Future. Uh, this thing where you use the existing IP and it gives you 20% extra profit right off the bat because, oh, that's something I recognize, Back it's to the Future. all about the money, baby. Come on, man. <laughs> make a time travel movie with Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Holland. Fine, but it doesn't have to be Doc. It doesn't have to be Marty. It does not have to be Back to mm-hmm. the Future. We'll I still think, go see it. And I think we would like to see just more of them together, too, as well. They got and great I, that's chemistry. The biggest, that's the biggest appeal of More this, chemistry you know, of than this. a bunch of CGI animals, obviously, from Doolittle. <laughs> He's got yeah. better chemistry with Tom Holland, so fine. They can be in a movie together. He's doing the movie about that, what's that video game? Um, the one from PlayStation. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, like The Last Stand or whatever. It's kind of like an Indiana oh, Jones type uh, video game. Uncharted. Uncharted. Yeah, yeah. Uncharted. It's sort Tom of like Holland's a prequel to the video that. game. Yeah, and that's been so. in development hell for some oh, time. For a long time. They had uh, Nathan Fillion was originally attached that's right. to it, which yeah. makes sense because he looks, I've never played the game, but he looks he just like He does look like just that. like him. Yeah, he yeah. looks just my, like him. My question is like, we don't, is Tom Holland good in anything besides Spider-Man. I liked him um, in a movie called The Impossible, which we mm-hmm. never covered on the pod, which was the movie about the uh, Thai tsunami that uh-huh. occurred years and years ago. It was Ewan McGregor and Naomi Watts, but Tom Holland played the little boy in that. Other than that, I'm not sure I like a movie with him. I haven't him. really seen anything else with him, in, you know, with him in it, just in general. So he I've only in, just seen the Marvel movies. And, I've seen uh, him in other stuff. I can't remember what. There was a James Gray movie he was in, and I think I saw him in something else. Well, speaking um, of uh, when you talked about Wolverine, you know, making Daniel Radcliffe look good, there was a kind of big talks. It didn't make major news. Some major news places were kind of reporting it where Henry Cavill was in talks to play Wolverine. No, absolutely. And not. so it, 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 was, <laughs> it was something that a lot of people just kind of generally believe, but it just Can we would, get an American Wolverine? happen doesn't it have to be like an australian or a british guy well that's Can't all the good right? actors are british uh, aren't they they're right? cheaper that's they're why cheap. yeah there that's you go. the they're dirty che- little secret cheaper, there. so yeah. they I all mean, have handsome jawlines but they're also cheaper henry cavill wouldn't be a bad wolverine i mean he's, he's not he's not gonna be able to do it he's superman yeah but when was the last superman movie he was just <laughs> superman tyler like 15 seconds ago in a crappy justice league movie you guys are that are young have no sense of time <laughs> <laughs> well, we got two Batmans. We've got two. No, we have two to three way more than two Batmans. We have like fucking seven Batmans. <laughs> You've got Chris Evans, who you've was... got nine Jokers. <laughs> you have I don't know how many Captain America. At least two coming. <laughs> three I mean, really. You had, you had Chris Evans, who you know did a bunch of Marvel. He or was a bunch uh, of comic book the movies, Human just Torch. In general. And then, yeah, actually. I don't know. Did you see the trailer for that Ryan Reynolds movie? When yeah, you watched Free Guy. Free Guy. Is yeah, that what it's I, I saw the. Tra- it wasn't in my theater, but I Somebody, did. Somebody look. Ryan Reynolds is a smart guy. He made some good Deadpool movies. He's done a lot of good comedy. He's got a beautiful wife. Obviously, that's very wilder right there. Yeah. Okay, but can we stop? Can someone get him a script reader? Right. Why does he do these giant budget weird movies? Oh, you mean like, like Hitman? Bo- like Hitman's what was the one with Jeff or... Bridges where it was like a, a, a they're like dead the dead guys that are dead cops or something the afterlife oh, cops the R.I.P.D. Department that movie cost like five hundred yeah. billion dollars and made five cents. He needs to stop <laughs> doing that. <laughs> yeah, he does have all these over the top ideas. Now I don't know if it's just him or if it's just something he kind of gets attached to or deals he makes for I don't know what getting other movie properties made. How you know how an, it is. How so about an one for you, movie? one for me. So. What's his face uh, from La La Land? Ryan Gosling does a lot of indie movies and mixes in like a big budget one here and there. Ryan Reynolds needs to take notes on that. Mm-hmm. You got to go and do a couple of indie movies, man, because these five hundred million dollar gambles almost never work out for uh-huh. him. Deadpool is basically the only thing. Did that's you ever see uh, what was it called Voices? That was with Ryan Reynolds. That was a much lower budget movie. It was before cartoon, Deadpool. Right? No, actually, it was it was I saw live it in a action, cartoon but thing. it's. Uh, 
with Ryan Reynolds where he has like severe mental illness and his dog and his cat talk to him. Oh, I and think he I saw up, some of He that. ends up accidentally killing, you know, some, you know, some women basically because of the voices, the voices and everything. And it's called voices and this dead, these dead women that he keeps in his apartment are talking to him. It's like a dark, dark comedy. So. I think I heard of it. I may have saw the first 10 minutes of it and never went back to it. So you're telling me that's worth my time. Uh, I didn't say it was worth your time, but it is an <laughs> okay, indie right. Yeah, so as far as any... There, it's, there, uh, it's, I'll give you one real quick before you give me that. Uh-huh. Mississippi Grind. We will probably never cover it on the pod because it was so small and it didn't make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a great, great movie, but we're going to talk Outsider at some point on this episode with Ben Mendelsohn. It's Mendelsohn and Ryan Reynolds, and it has like a little Shyamalan twist in really? there called Mississippi Grind about uh-huh. an addicted gambler. Okay. That, I think, is my favorite Reynolds indie movie. All right. But he should do more. He with, can do more. With voices, it's definitely, it's a very, it's it's Hard kind of comedy. Or, no, no. no? It's, oh, okay. it's, it's a very sad, dark comedy because you can't, okay. as far as like the character portrayal, like it's funny in certain aspects, but then it gets a little too real in certain other parts of it. It took me two tries to just kind of actually watch it and finish it. I don't so. I don't know about you, but like I don't um whereas Jim Carrey, I think I saw his only comedy and I really had a hard time when he did drama, although he's great in the Truman show and he's incredible in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I don't know that I see Ryan Reynolds as pure comedy. I see him as comedy, but I feel like there's something else in there. A TV show like Jason Bateman does, mm-hmm. uh, something like that that yeah. he could do. We just not just don't Deadpool get every yeah. single time. Not, yeah, yeah, he's got that snarky thing every time, man. Even mm-hmm. in like a, a like romantic comedies, he's good, like The Proposal or whatever. And he, but just he has friends. that same. I love Just, just Friends. friends is a I love cute, just it's not friends. great, but it's cute. You know, a decent movie. Uh, <laughs> so I think like he's got other moves. We just don't ever see it from him. Right. So I think right now, just you know, play the money. That's what you're getting paid for. I saw do that trailer and, and I was just like, oh man. I mean. All he really, it seems like all he really wants to do what he enjoys making are Deadpool movies so I mean well he did that uh, did you I don't know we didn't talk about this on the pod but he made that Six Underground that Michael Bay movie oh that's right he did uh, you know how much the budget was for that thing probably I, I think I saw it was like 250 effing million dollars <laughs> didn't Netflix talk about this like they they weren't gonna do big budgets anymore <laughs> we, what was the one Michael with Ben Bay Affleck that was that was you know not yeah. awful but just barely what watched what was that one called again I Final can't Fr- remember not Final Frontier but something, <laughs> yeah something, uh, Frontier. something Frontier Last yeah. Frontier or something yeah I already yeah. forgot I've already left my mind they, they said whatever. that was the last big budget that they're going to do. And then no, Michael Bay then walks in. they did in 600 and grand. Michael Bay walks in and is like, I got no script, but I want $500 million. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. Here's a check. No Get more. out of my office. What's your name? <laughs> Michael Bay. I'm going to give you a slide. You a check. You write the number on it. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead and take care of that. Someday so. Netflix is going to have to pay the pony on that. I mean, I don't know how they make money. I still don't know how they make money. <laughs> it's all a mystery. It definitely is. So uh, other big movie news we got is Bob Iger is out. Out as CEO as Disney, so so what's your hot take on this? All right, so do we think Bob Iger did a good job? I mean, it's hard to oh, argue with so, the numbers. Um, as far as just kind of looking it up to, he oversaw a lot of things that just happened in Disney. So one Such of them as being the film department, obviously. Basically, yeah, so he okay. uh, definitely like Disney from now and from when he stepped in has grown just a lot. You know, they've dom especially this year. You know, they've dominated every almost every single billion dollar movie that's came out in the past couple years has been a Disney production. Whether so, that's a good thing or not is debatable. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not going to argue with you on that point. So um, just, you know, as far as, you know, what you believe as far as rich, you know, rich white men, cis white men CEOs and whatnot. They also uh, (laughs) collected assets, Marvel. Yes. So um, obviously uh, Star Wars, Indiana Jones. So they bought. So I got some numbers here where they and I know I'm stepping on your toes, but they bought Disney, bought Pixar. So Bob Iger oversaw. Yeah, yeah, they bought Pixar for seven point four billion dollars in 2006. Um, they also purchased, you know, Marvel for four billion in two thousand nine. You know, around that four or what was it? Oh, then Lucasfilm for another four billion too as well. I think in two thousand twelve or two thousand. Uh, 
maybe it sounds right. a little, somewhere around, around, around there. Yeah, somewhere around um, there. And so, and then you've got the acquisition of Fox too, which was seventy one point oh, yeah. three billion. That was recent. That was a lot. That's a big I, one. That's the first time I ever saw that number. Or ever even looked it up. And then you've got Disney Plus, which just got released too. So, and by all mm, accounts, is doing somewhat well. We mm-hmm. talked about the lull they had after Mandalorian slipped off, but then now they have the Winter Soldier. They're trying to retract. They're so trying they to get those things stuff, out yeah. there. And, and I think that's something that might have been a slight oversight on them. But you know. As far as launches goes, especially with the streaming service, it was a very smooth transition. Like I don't think anybody's have any problems actually watching their content we, or anything like that. We it's talk just about the, content the, to watch. the actual app itself is very good. Yeah. It's very clean. Almost cleaner than Netflix, yeah. cleaner than Hulu, definitely cleaner than Amazon. Oh, Amazon so, Prime is so yeah, annoying. It's, a, it's, a it's mess. annoying. Yeah. So like on that token, I give them credit for that. They kept it clean. But I also like I don't go on there as much as I go on Netflix yet. No, same so. same here. Like, you know, I'll watch the occasional Star Wars yep. or definitely occasional Marvel. It's nice to have because it's Clone it, Wars. It's, it's one of those things where it's a staple. There's that Jeff Goldblum you know? show that's not terrible. Oh yeah, that, I haven't seen any of that. I think my I watched, girlfriend uh, saw it. She two, didn't like it too much. Two so. episodes. It is weird, but he's yeah, weird. <laughs> it's Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. you know, it's just you three just glasses of wine, then you watch it. Empty that's check. Do. Just do what you got to do, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. So that's really about it. But he's out. He's being replaced. He's stepping down. His contract was until I think 2021, but he decided to end it early. As you, far uh, as you want to guess how much money he made in his final year as a Disney CEO? Twenty bucks. And a case of beers. <laughs> what we pay Ryan? So. Not he. I think Alfred should make more than him. He made uh, sixty-five point seven million dollars in his final yeah. year as CEO of Disney. I mean, that's pretty outrageous. I, I, I don't sounds, know. It's relative to what I yeah. don't know, but you it, know. it sounds like it makes as far as because because he, he's the CEO of Disney and just no. how much money these you know all these properties are making, especially we, with just film. We so. don't talk about this all the time, but like I'm a sports guy, secretly a sports guy, even though I'm a movie guy first. And I always, uh, every once in a while, somebody mentions like, oh, how much does the commissioner of baseball make? How much does the commissioner of football mm-hmm. make? And it's always like $40 million or some outrageous number. And I'm like, not only do those guys suck at their jobs, but they get paid a lot to suck. I don't understand like it, like what the money is relative to. Now, Bob Iger, maybe because of what we talked about, all those acquisitions he made. Now, I would argue maybe they own too much and they have a little too much control of Holly- over Hollywood now. Mm-hmm. But regardless of that, like he did a good job shepherding it. Now yeah. let's see what this other guy, Bob Chapik, I think is his name. He's like the theme park guy. Yeah, he was running uh, Disney World or running the theme parks, I guess, for yeah. a little while now. And so he's stepping up. And seems he's... like a fine guy. But now the CEO's question is, or Disney's seventh CEO. Yeah, so, yeah and he's obviously going to be cheaper than the sixty-five million they paid uh, Bob Iger. But the reality mm-hmm. there is. Does this affect the movies? That's what we care about. Does this guy make any changes to the Star Wars universe, or what's you know? As far is as, it going to have yeah. an impact to us as moviegoers? Right. And I know a lot of people are worried as far as like, well, they don't want Disney to have a monopoly over these things, which makes sense because then we're just going to get the same content over and over again. Because it starts of to all kind of feel the overloads. same. Like yeah. those Marvel movies just all kind of feel the same. I think though, so. as Disney acquires more stuff, like the indie movies are going to shine a little bit better. You know, because that is going to be our original content that we can get, you know, like your Parasites or like your, you know, your A24 films. So, I, uh, you know, like Dr. Doctor Strange Matt shouts, um, he recently saw Jojo Rabbit. Okay. And yeah. he liked it a lot. He said maybe it was the best movie of last year. Uh, he mm-hmm. saw it after the Oscars and stuff. So now I saw that movie. I wrote a review on Real Watchability uh, that got some traction. And I was happy that he got Best Adapted Screenplay, Taiki Waititi. But the dirty little secret of Jojo Rabbit was came out of Disney. Yeah. It was kind of married into the Thor Ragnarok stuff uh, and during the acquisition time. But one for you, got, one for me. Yeah, yeah one, one for, for you, one, one for me. me. Yeah. Now, if they give us more of that stuff, if they support like original visions, if they, I don't want 
want them to buy Blumhouse or something like that. Yeah, but like, I know. You know, they could have their own department, and that's doing stuff like R-rated horror Keep movies. Keep it separate or, from yeah, or you know, interesting stuff. Your Disney family wholesome yeah. type of things. That way, yeah. you get new things. I would even Star Wars kind of bleeds into feeling like Marvel movies a little mm-hmm. bit. This at least this group. So, so. Uh, I looked up as far as just another CEO. So uh, Tim Cook from Apple, he took in eleven million dollars. Yeah, that's not so, even close, right? Yeah, that's not even so, close. No, yeah, it's sixty-five so. million dollars is real. Yeah, that's Apple's real money. A big, you know, Apple's a big company. That's why I kind of <laughs> picked it out. You know, and Tim Cook obviously makes Disney, mistakes so. also. Yeah, <laughs> he won't unlock iPhones for the police. I mean, he got some issues there. <laughs> I thought they said no to that. Did they say? They no still to that? say no. They hold yeah. firm on that. Here's it. I'm going to give you a dirty little number uh, thing before we get into the numbers for this particular movie we're covering this week. Yeah. But uh, this is going to shock you, or at least right. I think it is. Shock me. Okay, I don't know if it'll shock you. Let me hear it. Rise of Skywalker. Okay, currently it has made one billion seventy-two million. Okay. okay, guess how much money the Joker made, or or Joaquin Phoenix's Joker? At least a billion. I, mean, I know a, it did billion, at least a billion seventy-three. Wow. Joker, which cost what did we say it cost like forty million dollars or something? I think like it was sixty-five. Sixty-five. It, it was it was yeah. way below ninety. Regardless, million. Rise yeah, of Skywalker yeah, cost like five hundred million dollars. Yeah, it's, like. it's way so much more. Expensive. Joker has made significantly more money, significantly more profit. Than, that is than the just, third Skywalker movie. That is insane. Isn't that crazy? You know, that is just so. You know, Joker. I don't know is, what that means, but uh-huh. it, it jars my 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 mind. And it's <laughs> and I think it's the same where Joker. You know, it's a very well known property. He's one of the most popular villains yeah, out again, there. Again, they but use you don't a think a Joker movie, almost like the movie we're covering today. They're gonna borrow a name, but come up with some sort of like yeah. reimagining idea. De- you know? Definitely right there. And we, we have our problems with Joker, but it made, for you know, sure. it, it definitely was a significant Success. you know point. Yeah. You as can't far argue as with it. Yep. Goes because Not just got, locally, but internationally made yeah, a shit ton of money. You got so. a rated R horror, you know, rated R, no, I don't want to say horror, but rated R comic book uh, movies. Psychological. More or less, psychological thriller or something. Thriller yeah, something better. like that. Yeah. So, yeah. but that just outdid Star Wars. And it I think, made more money internationally than Star Wars did yeah. also, which is crazy. But I guess you get toys out of Star Wars. So that, yeah. Yeah. You're not getting Joaquin Phoenix Joker toys, although they'll sell a few. That would be for pretty the funny. Adults. Yeah, I would, I would probably buy. <laughs> I'm one sure of those, those are so. out there. Don't yell at me. But <laughs> his skinny self, all dancing and everything too. So accidentally shooting walls. <laughs> all right. So before we move off Disney, Indiana Jones, can we talk about yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. So uh, we got James Mangold is in talks to Who replace Spielberg. Yeah. Ford versus Ferrari, Logan. Logan. Everybody yes, exactly. on Talking Flick so, loves Mangold. Yeah, we definitely do. Like I don't know that he's enough. right for this. Um, you I know, don't know that he's wrong, but right. I don't know that he's right. And, just, and if it leads to Harrison Ford not being Indiana Jones, again, give Mangold $100 million to do an original uh, adventure movie right. rather than borrow from Indiana from Bob, Jones. Borrow another title. Yeah, I don't want yeah. Chris Pratt being Indiana I don't want that. Indiana yeah. I don't want to recast I think at a time that would have made sense, but since we've gotten eh, X amount of reboots yeah. and X amount of re- you know, remakes, so many of them, and since that, that it's just becoming all too much. There but. there was a rumor. First, the first rumor is, is Harrison Ford going to stick around? Is Mangold going to want him to stick around yeah. that's one the second rumor is is mangled want harrison ford to come back so he can kill him like he did wolverine right <laughs> <laughs> and actually if you're only i don't think either one of those is a great idea and spielberg went on record a, a year and Jones. a half ago yeah. saying I'm, i have no interest in killing indy um but you know i could see it I, right. I'm, I'm sort of okay with it and actually give me shia labeouf just as long, yeah, as, long him, as it's like the kid of I indiana guess, you jones know, because a lot of people see was a kingdom of crystal skulls they see yeah. that as a big mistake in the franchise but i, I say hate all that's on my shelf over right. there, but I don't hate that whole movie. I, I just think, hate parts of that movie. I think when you have a franchise where you have a, one movie that's significantly weaker than the other ones, where you it's got, by you, far the worst, you still that's you still got to embrace it, even though yeah. it's still considered a mistake. Embrace that history of your franchise yeah. and at least don't run away a little from bit. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, don't do the red cons. You know, you don't yeah. always have to do it. You can embrace that right there, but. 
I'm definitely a little bit glad as far as Spielberg not being attached to it. I didn't see Ready Player One. I had no desire to see it. I saw it. it. I read the book. All I really I heard it. was mediocre reviews on it. And I think I listened to your old, your old podcast's review. The oh, you yeah. listened to that? Yeah, almost critics, that right? Did, yeah. yeah, almost critics. Yeah, we covered. So. We did a good episode. I think. I think that movie. First of all, the book is so well written. It's uh-huh. short. It's an easy read. I urge people to read that. Um, but the movie had issues with rights. They couldn't get all the rights that they wanted to. Now, there's a lot of IP in that movie. Yeah. But the idea behind that IP is original. It should have worked. Spielberg just glosses things up too much. Right. And he just made a, you know, Mendelssohn was kind of lazy as a villain there. I don't know exactly what happened there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't awful, but it wasn't something you needed to run and watch either. So. No, yeah, I understand. Yeah, and, you know, I think I just like as far as Mangled, you know, doing it too as well because, you know, nothing, you know, Spielberg has done a lot for film just in general. You Mangled know, can Jaws, gritty. He gives a lot of things. So, and so, so a lot, of, remember Temple, I mean, we have you seen all the indie movies, right? Uh, yeah, I think, I no, actually, I haven't seen the third one with... Uh, Last Crusade? Yeah, that's the best the one. Okay, I'm going to make you guys Last watch Crusade, that on them. So. so that's my favorite one. Uh, after that, it would be Raiders. After that would be Temple. After that would be Crystal, uh, Crystal okay. Skull, right? But I think the difference between the first three and Crystal Skull is that Spielberg, again, he cannot help himself. I think he's just getting older. Whatever it is about him, he glosses up Crystal Skull to the point where like that story could have been a little darker, probably should have been, uh, which, yeah. is, which is uh, relative to the original trilogy. It's, you know, there's dark moments, certainly in Temple of Doom. But I think like Crystal Skull is glossy and Mangold can take some of that shine off and make Indy gritty again, which is maybe what we need. I don't know. Yeah. I think Especially just, as an older guy. Yeah. You know? And I think having a fresh take on this too is going to help out. You know, just you get a fresh take, you get something that's a little bit, you know, someone original, even though it is, you know, Indiana Jones and it's named just by We itself, both love so. Ford versus Ferrari. He could seamlessly go from comic book Logan to Ford yeah. versus Ferrari. But ultimately, I like my Mangold doing other stuff. Yeah. I don't really want him to I do this. I think we would but... all we would all like our favorite directors yeah. to just do something new, original try pieces. something else out, yeah. you know, Jordan Peele kind of, you know, move away from, you oh, know, God, yeah, your <laughs> demographic horror. Yes. You know, I guess you could say is the best way to explain that. Why is that. he and boxing so, himself uh, into yeah, that? I don't understand that. We, we, we actually got the Candyman trailer, which dropped, I think, yeah. a couple of days ago earlier this week. I saw it and twice. So, First time I saw it, I felt, yeah. okay, it's got the guy from Watchmen that I like a lot. Yeah. Um, and um, Aquaman. Uh, but then the second time I saw it, I'm like, what are they? What are they doing here? That's original. I'm not sure. Yeah. So uh, with that, because uh, Jordan Peele, he did the screen. He did the screenplay on this. And Gave so, a lot away in the trailer. Yeah. So uh, again, why are we doing actually? Um, I I heard some leaks on it. I don't know if you want to hear about the leaks sure. or anything. Yeah. It's potential spoiler warning for the Candyman if you're planning on seeing the new one that's coming out. But the leak is basically where it's still. Even with that original Candyman, which I'm, I'm assuming you've seen the original one, right? Oh, yeah, of yeah I've seen very, it a couple times. Very, I actually like that movie. Yeah, it's, and it's, it would it's, make my it's top good. 50 yeah. horror movies probably. And it definitely it, it is. It's very much its own take as far as on the political, not even political, but just the demographic in general with African-Americans at sure. that time. Because where does it take place in, in Detroit, right? Detroit. Or, I think it's Detroit or Baltimore. I feel yeah. like it's Detroit, you, When you look at that movie, you're just yeah. like, this has got to be yeah. Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is Detroit. It's like, rough. Yeah, it's yeah, a rough neighborhood. It, it is rough. So it does take its stance on that as far as like inequality and just which i that like story. yeah that's, which a, I definitely that's like a pocket too. of space so that we need more movies in the the leak with the Candyman trailer is that you know where you had tony todd's character who would experience you know some ma- you know experience a massive form of just racial and in- racial injustice and he ended up becoming this ghost that you know just haunts that area right you know, as candy man he just haunts that whole demographic or just in, within that neighborhood it just i guess everywhere within that state uh don't worry about the sequels the sequels get super messy so don't even it's they're all horror sequels but the leak with the candy man this new one coming out is that the new candy man is um 
Rodney King. Oh, is that yeah. the leak? Yeah. Oh. So the leak is that, you know, you had the Tony Todd as Candyman, but this new Candyman version, which I think is the- Do I uh, like that? The, char- the actor from- I gotta uh, process Who's that. Dr. Manhattan and yeah. The Watchmen. Where yeah, he's basically, Abdul, it, the, the twist. I'm not totally sure yeah, to say his not, name, but yeah, he's, a, he's a really good actor. He is, he is Great really good, but as far as I- <laughs> He's also I, in The Matrix 4, which yes, is coming. so as far as the leaks go, is that he's going to be, his, it's going to be a name reveal that, oh, this is Rodney King, who experiences some seem like that in the trailer. He's almost like an artist guy, right? Yeah, he's almost like an artist. It's either- that actor is going to be the Rodney King or the Candyman presence that's haunting him currently is the ghost of Rodney King. Um, and so it's just, it feels cheap. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, again, feels, yeah, yeah. It, it really has to be well done. I would probably have, you know, it took me a long time to see Get Out. Right. And when I finally saw it, I was like, shit, I should have saw the movie theater. That's a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, now us, maybe one step, two steps back, step and a half back. Yeah. But still smart ideas in there. Twilight Zone. I know that wasn't totally Peel, but I was like, oh, I'm not sure what's happening mm-hmm. here. So I don't totally know what Peel does, but I know Peel can do racism. I know Peel can do socio- socioeconomic stuff. I, I know Peel has smart things to say. I don't know that he needed to do a Candyman rehash right. to say it, but I'll... I'm going to hold back till I see it. Yeah, I guess give, give it the benefit yeah. of the doubt, but even just that whole Rodney King dynamic. It sounds it's, like a bad idea yeah. on the surface, but I got to process it a bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how they do. But even just watching it, I wasn't too, too impressed by the trailer. Me neither. Uh, it was, you know, yeah, it, me it neither. felt very just your low-budget classic. A lot of honey in there. Honey. <laughs> so it that felt, stuff is sticky, man. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing with honey in an art gallery? This place is supposed to be spotless. Too many carbs in honey, you know? So. <laughs> there are carbs. Yeah, you're right. Sugar, right? Anytime. <laughs> I love carbs. Carbs are my favorite food, so... <laughs> but yeah, it, it felt very just your cheap horror. It felt like it felt like a trailer from like the Bye Bye Man, or you know, from just a rant. The it boy felt like a trailer too, from and, uh, 1997. Yeah, and like you could have put it in 97, and it wouldn't have been that different, right? So, and it didn't have the normal polish of like a peel, sort of like the the sounds, the sound yeah, mixing, so- the 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 way peel introduces like a twist even mm-hmm. in a trailer it, it was kind of lacking that. and yeah and just kind of like what we we're talking about we would like to see these directors that we really like as far as get out just to do other things like yeah. we, we get that race is a big issue you know especially in today's time but you know maybe find clever but he's ways also already of, of covered that it. yeah he's already done it yeah right? exactly so, like you know. <laughs> you know either find like a different creative way to kind of tell us or you know besides maybe just horror whatever it is but or explore something new because you know how many times can you skin a cat right or yeah, I guess. I, I just think, like, <laughs> you know, he he can do other stuff. I know he can. I know he could make a great adult drama. I know he could make a romantic comedy if he wanted to. I know he could take the keys of a comic book movie. I don't necessarily want him to do that, but I right. know he could do that. He's got vision, and he's a good, good writer. Um, he doesn't need to do this, and he doesn't need to do it in succession of all the other horror stuff he's done. Right. He should probably do like a fucking Civil War movie if he wanted to. Co- or I don't know what he should do, but something different from the horror. I, I guess or I'd like to genre. see him maybe do like a detective crime thriller. That would be that great. would be interesting, yeah. right? You know, still kind of a parallel. You know, ironically, as as horror, was but... the Spiral trailer also when you saw Invisible Man? I saw the Spiral. trailer. I didn't see the Spiral trailer in there, but uh, was it a new trailer or is it the no, same, same that came one? Out? Okay, but yeah. like I got more emotion out of that trailer than I did for the Candyman. Oh, trailer, really? Which okay. is weird because you know it's like oh it's Chris I Rock there as a detective with, with the spiral cool. with the spiral or a, a chapter what's it called a chapter spiral from a chapter, saw, chapter something from like saw. That, yeah. I think it's interesting that Chris Rock is attached to yeah. this and that he wanted to make this made yeah he wanted to make this made so you know it's, I think it's cool it's worth it's worth it enough to check that at least that movie out because Chris Rock apparently has been passionate about like the Saw franchise you yeah. know he probably owns every movie you know and Got again, they're all, they're all, they're impacting race there because these are you know African American detectives in a dark neighborhood, uh, in a neighborhood 
where like it's run down or whatever and they're specifically targeting cops if i remember correctly in the trailer oh really okay that's what i think i didn't I get got. that at all i think it was, it was in was this trailer another, okay. i feel like it's the same trailer but maybe it's a different one mm-hmm. uh but like that is a, an interesting idea uh versus what saw was and then when you see chris rock hold up the uh saw yeah i saw that in that is, first trailer it's, yeah it's like you get emotion out of that man yeah. that's a cool trailer it, well it definitely done. makes you a little more excited to yeah. see you know kind of come back to this universe and i didn't like get I said, much of any emotion Chris, out of yeah, the candy man yeah the candy man it, it felt like just your generic kind Whatever. of trailer that's really yeah. about it but i'll probably check it out maybe at the dollar theater here in town so um and then we've got jurassic world dominion so that's the official title for jurassic world 3 movie that's coming back out. for um, more cash yeah yeah exactly <laughs> all about the money dollar that's dollar it. bills that's all i know. care about that's <laughs> That's Colin Trevorrow. He's like, all I care about is the money. I don't, I'll write terrible Star Wars movies. Has anybody like, not figured out that raptors work together yet? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we boy, got it. Blue. You're my boy. So we, we don't know what the plot of this movie is. All there's we, no plot. Yeah, we there, don't, we, we, that's yeah. obvious. I still haven't seen the second one. So There's no plot in that there's one. There's no plot in that one. Don't even <laughs> Pretty much. The plot. Don't even worry they put about lasers it. on dinosaurs. Something like that. <laughs> just that. Just that. They're un- trying to. <laughs> just I'm not that sure blank check. Just go make me something. Exactly. Just go make me so, but they were talking, you know, what we talked about last week is that this is going to be the final Jurassic World, which I'm just like, thank God. Thank God for that. You know, yeah. I don't know what else they're going to really do. They did release that short clip where it was like Battle at Big Rock, where it was, it just kind of came straight to YouTube. And I did was, not see that. It was a little bit of a teaser, but apparently, I didn't really see all of it, but apparently that was received some pretty good criticism. Just, just so. because the technology exists, just because you can make it, uh, make the dinosaurs look cool and do more stuff than you yeah. could in 92 with first Jurassic Park, doesn't mean you have to. Yeah. And mean. like what we talked about too last pod is, you know, that was the biggest appeal of that first Jurassic Park movie. Of course, the story was, you know, was still very good with By the it. way, and even with it's the a second, good movie say, yeah. and a good script. And remember, mm-hmm. it's a good book. So oh, yeah. they're working off source material that's legit and was already successful before they ever made a movie about it. Yeah, and so. same thing like what we talked about with Jurassic World. It just did not feel a natural plot progression, you know, for how else you're going to continue this universe, you know. They, they just... didn't bring anything to the table that was necessary. Yeah, so. and it was even with But it Chris made Brad a shit ton of every, money. Yeah, it made, it made all the money that I think it was you know that what? summer that, made that, You know, money. it's a good point because we talked about it earlier. It felt kind of like a Marvel movie. Yeah. They're snarky, they're snippy, they're cracking jokes, and then there's dinosaurs. Yeah. What else? Well, what else Marvel's a little bit more entertaining. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, those are better. Yeah, the Marvel the, movies yeah, are better than that. But it had that same kind of vibe. Yeah, it so. did. It was. Uh, it just felt very, you know, formula. Whatever. What's going to make us the yeah. most amount of money and moderately, uh, you know, please everybody somewhat, but still yeah, leave them a, still leave them a little bit disappointed. And so <laughs> I, I remember after that movie, before I ever did a podcast, and I don't know if I wrote a review on it. I have to go back and look. I'm getting so old. But I went to dinner afterward and had a conversation with the four or five people I saw it with. Uh huh. None of them liked it. Really? None yeah. of them. And then I came home and I checked Box Office Mojo or something and it was like, it's going to make $200 million. And I was like, what? Really? Uh-huh. Okay, I guess people want dinosaurs. Because uh, so. that movie, it came out on my actual 21st birthday. Oh, did it? Yeah, so, and so I was like, let me go see it. And after seeing it. What was it, that, like, like five minutes ago? Yeah, 21st five birthday. birthday? Yeah, yeah. 20, yeah, five yeah, minutes, awesome. about six and a half. So. <laughs> but, you know, saw so it and it's just like, wow, that was... Something. Yeah, that's right. It, what, was, what did I say about uh, Birds of Prey? It's a movie. It's, like, a, it's movie. a movie. Yeah. Hot take. Hot that's, take from Tyler. That's it. Well, it's a movie. Well, that's a good starting point. So All I can say about Birds of Prey is it's a movie. It's a movie. That's all it is. It's a the movie so but yeah that's all we got there for movie news uh, oh, i got a couple things these are quick takes no yeah. time to die 148 minutes too long Ooh. That's quantum the solace was no quantum solace was a little bit longer was it really okay. i like that one a lot Nobody um, likes that one. Like that's about right yeah that's a little the, over I mean, two for, for those james bond movies are all usually about yeah. over two i can so go I a think, little over two for james bond yeah, especially if it's I think his it's last fine. one okay so yeah. then snake eyes 
the production wrapped. It's got the guy uh, Henry Golding from uh, Dry Eye from uh, yeah, The Gentleman. Yeah, the Gentleman. Mm-hmm. We just saw that. We care about that movie. Um, I'm not a big GI Joe fan in general. Me I neither. tried watching the first two movies well, like that toys, came out, but, but the movies were crappy. Yeah, I I, I could okay. not get into the movies. I mean, the other one had Brendan Fraser and everything, I, but I was just could not I, do I, it. I don't think I'll like it. But I probably will give it a chance and see it in the movie theater. But I hope it does well because the mask movie, um, yeah. which is the mobile attack something something whatever cartoon that I used right. to like when I was a kid, got a new writer. It's the writer from Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, so I saw it's that right there. Pushing yeah. in the right direction, and they always talked about a GI Joe mask crossover. And I think if you could actually get there, maybe that stuff could work. I don't uh-huh. know. So I'm not so sure. And then the last thing, because I know you care about it, Clarice. CBS TV show about Clary Starling and what happens in her life after Sons of the Lambs. Oh, okay. They cast a lady. I think her name is Rebecca Breeds. Uh-huh. She was in like Pretty Little Liars or something like that. Okay. Um, I don't know her that well. Let me look well. her up real quick. Do we... Do we want that show, and do we What's want it, it from uh, CBS? Oh, it's on CBS? Yeah, I feel like the part that it's on CBS makes me like, oh, I don't know about this. Was it Rebecca Reed? Rebecca Breeds, I think is her name, B-R-E-E-D-S. I've oh, seen her in go. a couple of things. She's been in a couple of those kind of tweeny movies and a, and a bunch of TV shows. Okay, yeah, she's done the TV. She did the originals. Kind of looks like Julianne Moore. One. More Julianne Moore than Jodie Foster. Yeah, definitely that more that matters, Julianne Moore, but... but but I don't uh, know her. I almost think gonna, if you're going to do this, you need a more seasoned person. Definitely but need a redhead. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always got a redhead. You know, because it's going to see... I mean, that the Hannibal show is not bad. I caught it's the, so first, the first it's two not, seasons. Not only is it not so, bad, it's effing amazing. So I, when I was watching the Hannibal show, like the first couple seasons, I only caught the first two. I think I was almost oh, on the third one. Oh, you got to watch it. Brian Fulmer, so, who was uh, for, attached to Star, uh, Star Trek for a while. It's good, but there's certain points in it where you just have to like make huge leaps of like, okay, yeah. I guess that could happen in real life. But they take if chances. Really, yeah, they, they take aggressive take chances, chances so. which I almost respect yeah. in a weird way. So. I'm okay. They make eating people look so yeah, delectable. They do. You know, they, they do. They, they do do a good job. The food on CBS, stuff's incredible. I just, I would like it to go to HBO. You know, that's what I'm if, saying. If HBO was doing something, if it was, with even it, if it was on Showtime yeah. or Cinemax or Epix or something like that, where they have more freedom, I'd feel better about yeah. it. But the fact that it's on CBS, the same thing as like CSI, friggin' right, Midtown, whichever one, yeah, whichever, all the all the CSI CSIs. Albuquerque. Like, I don't know that that's the right network for something like yeah. that. Yeah, if it was going to HBO, I think I'd be a little bit more excited but because it is going to cbs although i think those cbs those fox shows those are good for just dishing out comedies you know as far as something where it's like wow that's a really solid watch you know you don't usually go yeah. to cbs you usually go to hbo or you know something HBO. that's maybe on netflix or even if there's Google one too, network so. i need in my life it's no longer one of the big four it is hbo that's yeah. the one i need in my life yeah hbo so. is it's definitely become like if you it puts a little bit more faith. If, if, if this was coming out to HBO, I'd be a little bit more excited. HBO so. did Watchmen, and I was not calling for Watchmen. And then I watched it, and I was like, I'm calling amazing. for Watchmen. So. <laughs> I'm calling for it. There's, there is some quiet rumors, and we'll just mention it real briefly, that they could hand the keys to Watchmen to somebody else other than Lindelof, uh-huh. and they could continue the story. I hope that doesn't happen, right? But I'd probably watch if it did. <laughs> yeah, and I remember you asked me to, or, or oh, was it Ryan? Somebody asked me. They're well, like, "Would you, would you rather it. do the boys or the or the Watchmen?" You said the boys, and so I said the boys. So which I, is crazy. I, thought I still don't watch that. I thought about it a little bit more. So, and I think the you reason came why to your I senses. It, yeah, no, actually, I did not. So, <laughs> oh, okay. as, as far as the Watchmen goes, it's it's a great show, and I think one of the biggest appeals to it too is you know it, it's it's voice as far as in today's times too. It's it's another really very big on racial inequality too. I couldn't as well. believe that and it so, works so well covering yeah. that topic. So, That's not the only topic it covers, mm-hmm. but it does such a great job of it. 
but it's also so well made yeah. and so well written. It is and so and well so acted. You know? it, it has a lot of very good things going for it. But as far as what works best for like just an actual comic book, you know, adaptation. Boys is not better. even just adaptation, just like giving us given to us as far as in live action as well as kind of conforming it to like the realms of like okay this is what reality might be like if we had superheroes i would have to give it to the boys and you know just spoiler warning for the boys for anybody listening if you haven't seen it is the boys just kind of takes as far as you have these superheroes these is kind of what people would most likely be like if they had these superpowers, which is they would be really famous assholes, you know, assholes, that's yeah. <laughs> and so that's and, what and I would so that's like. that's why I kind of like it. I think a little bit more I gravitate it because it, it, it does feel like, OK, you have these, you know, really strong, overpowered people. And you've got these basically group of just your normies who are trying to take down these gods. Ironically, and I think that's probably my favorite. You know, ben Affleck's Batman was the biggest dick of all. Yeah, <laughs> ironically, yeah, you know, and he you had no point. superpowers. Yeah, you, you have a very good point. It's really money, but in, uh, yeah, and because have you seen it yet? The, I the have first not. No, oh, you got. No. Ch- I watched like five episode. minutes of the first episode, and I knew I was going to binge, and I did not have the time for right. it. You keep telling that's me why. that's Ryan a wise decision. Me, if you know you can't, Doctor Strange. It, a lot of yeah. people have told me to go back and revisit this. I will find the time and check yeah, it out. So. so it is. It is very, and I like their stance on it too, as well. So, um, do you have any more movie news you want to go? No, in that's there? it. That's it. I just wanted to get those in. Okay, so basically, we're going to talk a little numbers here for the Invisible Man. I right. was somewhat shocked by the numbers of this particular thing, and we have covered on this pod many, many times. If you can keep your budget down, your chances of getting more sequels or maybe some big deal like what happened in this case go up, right? Mm-hmm. Guess the budget on Invisible Man. Uh, way less than Rise of Skywalker. I would have thought, like <laughs> after seeing it, I would have said twenty, twenty-five. Yeah, I could see twenty, something 25, in that neighborhood, yeah. right? Seven million dollars. That is. When, seven million dollars when i when That's i heard impressive. when i heard that too as it's far so as, low it's yeah. impressively low <laughs> it's it's just any and as far as like with that too like from with the director he he did that with upgrade lee where it was Wannell, just, i think or wanel lee wanel australia yeah but it's just it is insane which is how low of a budget you it's know they, crazy. Can, they can do these things and it's it, and it looks you know three times that you it know? does it's very clean it's very glossy obviously some of the cinematography well i have quibbles with it obviously but the house they use and stuff it looks like an expensive movie to a yeah. certain extent so good for them for for getting it done for seven million it's tracking it's a very fresh movie obviously came out this weekend we're, we're topical and we're new here on talking flick yeah. this week no weatherman unfortunately <laughs> but uh <laughs> one it's, for uh, you one for us <laughs> i think the most recent tracking numbers show it around 29 just under 30 million dollars for the right. weekend which is very good it already turned a profit yeah so no matter what what it does the rest of the way and it o- it only opened internationally very limited this week mm-hmm. next week and the week after you're going to see it open in more markets it's definitely turning not only a profit but a large profit right it might turn a bigger profit than rise of skywalker yeah that's true so, <laughs> so that's pretty impressive now you want to hear the numbers on the critics and stuff this caught me off guard i was somewhat surprised by this critic score you want to take a shot at it uh, i think i saw it by rem- i for- it's like we're in the 70s isn't it or- 90 oh wow and it's holding at 90 i keep checking to see if more reviews are coming in to bring it down and it's certified fresh holding at 90 audience 89 percent that's really it is close. one of those wow. ones where everybody is agreeing uh-huh i will disagree but you know right. everybody else is agreeing and that's indicative i think metacritic's got it around 71 or whatever also uh-huh. high so across the board people seem to think it's a fresh take yeah so, those no, are the numbers they definitely do so we're just going to take a quick second to hear from our sponsor we'll do a non-spoiler into spoilers but still a spoiler warning because we always let things slip little, out little in non-spoilers twisty. yeah a little, too a many little twisty so a little bit just about the director too lee winnell um 
because of the success of this movie, and I, we talked a little bit about it too, where he actually signed a couple picture deal, movie and TV deal, multi with, picture deal. Yes, yep. with Blumhouse, so specifically. Yep. And because why? Because he's a proven commodity. Now. Yeah, low budget turns a profit. And even and with Blumhouse upgrade, is great um, at that. Because his last movie was in 2018, was with Upgrade, which was around the same budget, which I eight saw or not, eight, eight or nine million, Something but like that, yeah. and same thing with that low of a budget looks impressive. Yep. You know what I mean? Looks three times that amount. You know, just from just from watching it in general. We we at one time on Talking Flick were flirting with like Venom verse Upgrade an episode on yeah. it, and I ended up watching Upgrade instead of like Green Room or something. Yeah, that I was supposed else. to. Yeah. And I thought Upgrade was, I was like impressed at how good it looked. And it was pretty smart. Maybe I didn't love, love it, but I thought it was pretty smart. Yeah. I never went back and watched Venom, but I can already tell you Upgrade was better. Yeah, Upgrade was <laughs> definitely. And as far as like even storyline and just kind of plot goes to, the plots are definitely interesting. It's nothing where it's going to be, this is the best movie it's of all clean. time. It's a but clean yes, plot. It is, yeah. It's clean, it's tight, it's, it's entertaining. It's uh, grounded and, for a tech, techie movie. Yeah, kinda. and it does bring some emotion out too, he, so especially in Upgrade and Invisible Man. He so. did Insidious 3. He did this particular movie, which isn't my favorite but I can I'd certainly see the talent here but he's got up next Escape from New York a yes, reboot I was about to, which yep. now that I've seen enough of his work he also wrote the Saw movies or at least the first yeah, and second he, uh, or something he wrote like that the, he wrote the first and second Saw movies I believe and of course he was in the first Saw movie he was in it yep. he was the other guy chained up next yep. to he looks uh, like an actor what's his name from uh, the the guy uh, um, uh, Carrie Elwes Carrie Elwes yeah, there we go from uh, Princess Bride Princess Bride yeah I was about to say Princess Diaries but yeah Princess Bride so <laughs> and Hot Shots for those who like that yeah. movie and um, Men in Tights yeah Men in Tights of course Men in Tights of course yeah he's got a great career actually Carrie Elwes done well he's funny I think this guy he certainly has vision he certainly has talent and let's see what he does with a bigger budget obviously Escape from New York will have a, a, a relatively bigger budget but I do think like this movie even though it has an interesting take on it you can almost be too grounded for what you know what the source yeah. material you took on the ip of invisible man maybe we should have taken it a little further than what we did there yeah. so. and i think also to eat you're given what you got as far as like the budget with this movie and it is to make seven a million is out. I can't um, even believe so we don't we didn't talk about this at all so he signs a multi-picture deal with Blumhouse good for him originally do you know who was supposed to write this movie who was supposed to who was supposed David to David S. Goyer the guy who did BVS the wow, guy who wrote all your Nolan Batman God. movies that you yeah. like so much now I don't think he's a bad writer he actually uh-huh. is a good writer but has made some crappy ones in there that's not the one who did Argo right that's uh he, that's Chris, a different guy that's, that's Chris uh, uh, man I love that Chris Terrio Chris Terrio, Chris Terrio. you like him because of Argo I hate him because of BVS just yeah, like in all yeah. the the other right and rise yeah. of skywalker so. argo is an expertly <laughs> yeah. written screenplay so but goyer and terrio worked together i think uh, did they work together in the nolan movies i think they might i think uh, they might have they definitely I don't worked think, together I don't think, before no, i don't think terrio worked at all in the nolan movies okay. so or else you'd have a three-hour cut. Either way, the, the Goyer cut of this movie, and I don't know if you ever completed a whole screenplay, was part of that weird dark universe. <sighs> and it was supposed to be Johnny Depp universe. as the Invisible Man. Yeah. And this could not be anywhere more different than whatever oh, that was. I don't even absolutely. know what that was going to be, but this is way different. Do you think this is the right direction for that? If it, I don't know if this is intended to be expanded mm-hmm. to some degree. I think Universal was like, actually, we're going to do individual movies here and not... Do yeah. some kind of connected so, universe. Is that the right way to go? So I think this is the right way to go too, because you, with you just had like the Mummy was the first step in that dark Pretty universe, crappy. and it failed already, right? Yeah, like it only took the Mummy, and then they some gave of that up movie on the I dark liked, universe, but not and a so, lot. <laughs> yeah, and they had just really weird ideas, like we'll do Bride of, Bride of Frankenstein, <laughs> then you know with Angelina Jolie, which Angelina doesn't, Jolie, doesn't yeah. you know, which doesn't sound bad, but they would have actually. Messed it I would have wanted to see that. Oh, they would have messed it up. You know it. And they so they would have. They would have just you know tainted it. And so. It's I don't hard have enough to... Angelina Jolie in my life. I feel like yeah. she need to see more. Oh yeah, of her. we could see. Besides, we're going to see Malevolent, her in uh, Malevolent Eternals or whatever. Male- oh yeah, Maleficent. Maleficent. There we yeah. go. Yeah, that's right. She is going to be in the Internals. But you know, with that whole dark universe, it's just they have these 
they have those characters, you know, the monsters or whatever it is. And, you know, they kind of explore those in the wrong direction. You know, the most successful out of all of that was, you know, of course, the first Brendan Fraser, the mummy movie. Those and so, are good movies. Yeah. Action adventure with um, a horror thing. Right. An aspect to it. And so they they just were exploring it in the wrong direction since that because you had the mummy and then you had what was it i frankenstein you had van helsing you just had all terrible. these kind of weird things kind of coming uh, out the, of there and so the dracula untold or yeah, something yeah, like dracula that untold, which so. again there were moments in there i didn't totally hate right but as a balance as a pretty crappy movie yeah as a balance not yeah. not very but i think this is it's a nice good fresh take of taking this story and sure. adding adding a certain you know adding a theme to it and it's still just kind of keeping it non-spoilers the major theme of course is domestic abuse domestic which anybody abuse, can see that in this in the women trailers, in so. peril it has a feminist angle and i think like all of that sort of works maybe that all of that is the best parts of this movie right uh the downside is they do not explore the villain that much uh there are twists yeah. but you just don't know them. and you don't get a lot of the villain too because really. this this relies heavily on elizabeth moss you know to kind of do it and she i think great. she i think she she's sells great. it she sells the performance Peggy Olsen from Mad it. Men. Uh, you know what sucks is she is constantly like the victim in these movies. Yeah. Peggy Olsen in Mad Men, she's a victim a lot of the time. Handmaid's Tale, she is just nonstop the victim in that TV <laughs> show. It's exhausting. And now this, like, I feel she's like also she, in us, so. she's great yeah. at it. She, uh-huh. At times in this movie, because she's acting against nothing, empty hallways and stuff, she has a master class in acting here. She runs the gamut of emotions and then gets a nice turn at the end. But I feel like there's other moves from her that we're not seeing. So I'm sort of getting tired of her as a victim. Right. Even though her performance here is top of the no- top. Now, I never saw Mad Men. I, oh, I tried incredible. watching her first couple episodes oh, and I just incredible. could not get into it. It's too slow for you. Um, it, you you need that. to get 10 years older and then revisit it. And then, it. Okay. That's right. then you'll be I'll ready. I'll set a timer for 10, <laughs> 10 years. I, I don't think I appreciate it until I was in my 30s. Okay. So that, that's part of that. And I can understand that, at least yeah. with, with that storyline. And also, I haven't seen Handmaiden's Tale at all. Oh, so my this God. is my first That take. you would probably appreciate. Really? Okay. I think you would appreciate it. It is very, very well made television. It's just one of the things I just haven't caught, you know, haven't caught into or anything like that. And so it's a hard, this is hard watch. Elements really, of horror yeah. there. Too. I know. I know. As far as like, well, just uh, the the major theme in that. Yeah, movie, Margaret Atwood. General. I think wrote the book. It's but a very famous book. This but... is a uh, this is my first take seeing Elizabeth Moss. You know, be quote unquote the victim. You know what I mean? And yeah. So... <laughs> and if this is the first time you've seen her, yeah. then I think you're fine with it. But those of us who were Mad Men fans who have watched Handmaid's Tale, it's a lot of victim for her. Right. And I just kind of think I would like to. I just she's very good at it. Credit to her. I just think I'd like to see her do other stuff. Yeah. That's all. And I think that's understandable too, as far as, you know, with the other roles she's played. But, you know, because this is my kind of my major first take of Elizabeth Moss, I'm just like, wow, you know, she's really selling it. And she's, you know, as far does as does not know how to too. hold a gun, does yeah. not know how to hold a knife. But other than that, she's great an job. architect, you know, <laughs> yeah, she's so, an architect. So obviously. She knows pencils. And so, great great but, job uh, with the pencil. The, Actually, the, she is great with the pen. The yeah. pen is truly mightier than the sword. Yeah. Another Batman quote. <laughs> yeah, in this, in this movie. So, but uh, with it, though, too, the first half is definitely a slow burn. The weird um, thing is, let me just not jump much in. happens in that first half. So. Okay, so it opens fast. Yeah. It's a quickest. She's esca- essentially escaping her abusive husband. Yeah. We know nothing about barely see right then adrian i think the adrian guy, is the guy's the guy name. from haunting on hill house who plays yeah, luke yeah. another australian i think if i'm not mistaken oliver jackson cohen is his name he's mm-hmm. good he got a great d-bag face oh yeah looks like a villain but we don't learn anything about him mm-hmm. really everything about his we story hear is about background. him yeah we just hear sort of just it from elizabeth moss yeah 
But so it jumps in. So she escapes right away. Then it slows down for like 40 minutes. Yeah. Then the final act, it kind of picks up again. And I think the third act of the movie is pretty solid, all things considered. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why it rushed us in without giving us any background just to slow down. Right. It was a little bit weird there. Yeah. And I definitely felt that as like with that first half. Pacing. You know, it definitely yeah. a little bit of the first half with that first do part. Upgrade doesn't do that. No, it doesn't. remember so. Insidious 3. Certainly Saw doesn't do that, mm-hmm. though. So I'm not sure what, what that's all about. It does, it does roller coaster a little bit. And even with this movie, it kind of it has like two endings. You know, it has it yeah. where it could We're, have ended and then is, it doesn't and then it ends again. But I do like the ending of, of what they went with. So. This is becoming an epidemic. One of my criticisms of Parasite, which is such a smart movie, is that it has too many endings. I don't know why these movies feel like they need to have multiple endings. Right. Again, we need some editors on some of this stuff. Make a clean movie, clean ending, roll credits. Yeah. And definitely, it could have been a little bit tighter as far as not even just, I don't think runtime is the issue as far as the, the pacing. It's just what events happen with and when she escapes up to the point where you have the reveal of kind of what it is that's going on. But up to that, you do get some really good, you really do get some tense moments. And a lot of it felt like that first half um, up until we get a little bit more into the reveal of what's, you know, kind of going on is it felt very paranormal activity where you've got, you know, I see that. yeah, where you've got, yeah. you know, they're throwing the coffee grounds or, you know, the equivalent yeah. of the baby of the baby powder on the floor yeah. to try to see what's going paranormal on. Paranormal activity. And, and I think there was Emila Jovovich, like the alien abduction take on paranormal oh, the activity. Counter, or yeah, the, the, some of the, like there's that, yeah. elements of those movies. I don't think any of them are particularly good, but there are elements in those movies where I'm like, oh, this is smart. And right. again, those movies all have low budgets and turn big profits mm-hmm. too. So I think that I can see what they're going for there. I just think in this one, like the IP of Invisible Man, it, you know, it's debatable how much that's worth or whatever. But, but like, I'd say it's worth not much at all because it not, is just, yeah. you know, the, the the first movie premiered like in 1933. 33 was the and popular then one. You there had was Hollow one... Man with Kevin Bacon, oh, yeah, which that's, I, a, I, that's a guilty pleasure. That's the for guy me. who did Basic Instinct, right? Yeah, Paul that's, Verhoeven, that's, I think. That's a guilty pleasure for there, me to read Hollow Man. So. There's <laughs> moments of it that I like, certainly. Yeah. The technology wasn't quite ready for that one. And no, then there's it a really crappy one. If you look at it, if you look at the transition scene when he goes invisible, I got ruined my life for more Elizabeth. But regardless, uh, there was one with Chevy Chase, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Oh, really? Okay. Who directed that movie? No, who directed that one? Buddy John Carpenter. Really? And that one is pretty crappy. <laughs> it's like Fletch as the Invisible Man, Chevy Chase. For some reason, I don't know. That should have worked. It was Daryl. Well, you also got a uh, League of the Extraordinary Gentlemen. You got uh, the Invisible Man in that. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. got to get him in that. I, I, watched, I think he's all right in that. I watched an interview with uh, how do you say his name? Lee Winnell. Lee Winnell. Yeah. Lee Winnell. Right. And he said something that I thought was smart. He does a good job building tension, right? Tension with yeah. an empty room. Tension and with I an felt empty that hallway. in this movie. But, I felt it too. Coffee ground. I'm a baby when it comes to like tense sure. movies in general and scary. The movie movies, builds so. tension relatively well, right? But the thing is. He talked about all the other movies where when you think of Invisible Man, you think of the guy wrapped in bandages. Yeah. And he said, when I see that, I don't think Invisible Man, I think Visible Man. Yeah. And he tries to get away with that by showing you nothing. Now, he does a good job building that tension, but I think two hours and four minutes... You're, you're suspending You need that. a little something a little, else yeah. to make I, it just a missing, little bit more A couple times there's an empty hallway and I'm like, that's an empty hallway. Yeah. And then the music gets loud with an empty hallway and you're trying to, like he's forcing it right. in a way that I thought was just a little bit, I, I think like he's close to being his peak uh, as a director, but I don't think he's quite there. I think he's a better writer yeah. than director still at this moment, but I can see the potential. Here in a movie theater, 
I should have felt more than what I did, and right. I didn't quite get there all the time. Yeah, because so. he does. They they do a good job as far as building that tent, and you know, you know, as Sometimes. far as budget and even yeah. just in general, working with practically nothing. And a lot of times some of, there is some of no the mechanics so. are a little bit odd. I don't know when we're moving into spoilers, but some of the mechanics of how he's going to get in and out of room, yeah, were a little bit uh, suspect. A, a lot of <laughs> a lot of that is. It's just that movie stuff where, and I kind of I overlooked it just because yeah. I did. You know, I did fairly You're enjoy this time. movie. Yeah, exactly. I was having a good time. And they do a good job as far as, you know, with the Invisible Man before the, the reveal kind of happens where, you know, how he's messing with her, you know, psycholo- how he's, you know, psychologically kind of tormenting her just in general. And so I think that I think it's I, clever how they do that, but it, it's still it, not enough substance, you know, yeah. to kind of make it a little bit more entertaining. I like that take and I like that fresh imagining. And a lot of the critics that like this movie, I won't write a review on this movie. So I started reading some of the reviews. Uh, they cover that, and and I agree with them in the sense that that brings a fresh idea to this existing IP. Although you could have called the movie something different again, but regardless, the thing is, I when you pull the reins back on that, there are better movies of about women in peril, like 1991 Sleeping with the Enemy with Julie Roberts. Yeah, that's a really smart movie. But we understand. But is the guy invisible? He's not. No, what? You know what? You know what the difference is? We understand the pathos a little bit more of the uh-huh. villain here. Okay, she's afraid of him, but we don't totally understand it. Right. Even there's a moment where the sister says, "What did he do to you? You have your sister. You've known your sister. Uh, presumably, you have a great relationship right. with her. You never told her that your husband beats you. We just we I just mean, hear that he's controlling. That's there. it. Yeah, and yeah. it's just not. It's not enough. Mm-hmm. So I'm not that afraid. Even when you finally see him, you're like, I'm not afraid of this guy per se. Right. You know, she's doing a great job with her acting, but I don't find it super believable, not because of her, but because we don't know nothing about that guy. Yeah. And I think that is important too, where if we would have gotten a little bit more fleshed out with the invisible man, Adrian, I forget his last name, Adrian, but yeah, whatever, right. Adrian Brody. And so, Adrian Brody. <laughs> sounds right. yeah, it sounds about right. So, you know, if we got a little bit more fleshed out with him, as far as, you know, just how bad we, we know Griffin. that he's bad because we know <laughs> his you last know, name's Griffin. Like Peter Griffin oh, okay. yeah. so, <laughs> he's in the Peter Griffin family. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so we, we know we, all we hear is that how bad he is. And we have, an impression you know that the yeah. dog's and he afraid looks like of a him. Bad guy. yeah yeah he, by the way what happens to the dog well we'll talk about it later <laughs> yeah i like to think he's alive so. yeah me too yeah. I like to think <laughs> just on the beach that was his name eating Zeus. fish in the water it was sad when she's leaving you <laughs> yeah. know and it's just like i can't take you with me that's Zeus. A, I'm like aggressive Dang. collar on that dog yeah that's a little a little overkill i would say so uh you ready to move into spoilers <laughs> let's do it yeah All we right. might as um, well the first thing i definitely liked a little bit better and like what i would say too is you know and we talked about it with like the batman you know this is the best version i think we could have possibly got from this movie you know, yeah. this is the best Invisible Man movie we could have gotten in 2020. You know, this is the most ideal situation because I, you know, I think I would reach and say and maybe argue a little bit. I League I of Extraordinary Gentlemen, favorite one, well, right? So I'd <laughs> like to have read the Goyer script and at least seen what it was. Uh, if it was anything like The Mummy, I don't think it would work. But I think yeah. The Mummy was rewritten a bunch of times. I could see a different direction here where you could still have like the gaslighting, the twist, the domestic, the woman in peril. And I think that there's different things that you could do. I think there's potential for a better movie there yeah. um, that could be different. But for what it was, especially when and you consider budget the budget, yeah. absolutely. I think this is, for what it was, okay, solid, solid deal here. Yeah. And I think so. Just, you know, $7 million, it looks impressive. We definitely get, you know, we get a pretty decent story out of it, I would say. So, so let me ask you although this. there are some issues. Yeah, plenty yeah. of issues and I got a lot of them. But let me ask you this question. It's not a potion. It's not a technology that's like sort of magical. It is a camera technology. Yeah. What, what, what was your take so, on that? Um, my take, so I actually, the suit, <laughs> it's like a mocap suit. It, it's the Iron Man, it's <laughs> yeah. the Iron Man suit. It's what Robert you know? Downey Jr. Yeah, wears exactly. like, you know, five days a week. <laughs> so, yeah, so I definitely like the suit direction compared to the formula. Now, it's usually the formula with, 
the scientists. I don't, I don't think that. I was expecting it. Were you expect even when you um, saw the arms of the so, thing holding it? I don't yeah, think that's what I, I, I thought. I wasn't expecting it. I yeah. was curious how they were going to do it because usually it's the formula, and yeah. the formula is what causes the Invisible Man to become more insane. So yeah. if you didn't know that, it's it's yeah, the formula. that's right. Yeah, it's very similar to uh, you know Ant Man's Hank Pym where Hank Pym discovers the Pym particle, which makes him, you know, be able to shrink or grow tall. But one of the side effects from that is that it, ca- it can cause insanity if you use it for too long, the which Pym I particle. Like. So, and, yeah. it, and it lets you sort of root for that particular character. But in this one, because they wanted that guy to be the villain, yeah. there was no need it would for give that. A, it would give a right. reason why this person's crazy. And I understand taking them out. But with the suit, I was actually fine with the suit. I like the suit a little bit better. It looked okay. Although it just said it's optics. It looks like cameras. I didn't know if exactly it was cameras, but they just looked like cameras. They just didn't reveal as much about the suit what, and how it works which i think is you know you you shouldn't you know it's Do just a suit think... that makes you invisible you know just don't worry about what else you so know? we talked about how impressive it is with the seven million dollar budget it's going to make a bunch of money part of the reason he gets the blumhouse deal right but if he had 20 more million dollars do you think he would have gone a different direction or this is the way he wanted to write it um i think because he, he had... wrote this also yeah I think if he had twenty one, which I don't even think he needs twenty extra million. Yeah, I maybe think he ten needed, extra, yeah, whatever, an extra five, seven, whatever yeah, it is, yeah, whatever yeah, the number he, is. If he had an extra seven, not Zack Snyder money, but yeah. You know, something. <laughs> <laughs> so I think if he had the extra money, he would still kind of go the suit route, this direction. You know, okay. just because once you start introducing the formula, it gives you know you you're giving a reason why this person is you know so abusive to Elizabeth Moss, and it's just really that this guy's already kind of a huge asshole. It's just the suit is just a perk. He's just an asshole and already. A domestic abuser who just happens to be a really intelligent scientist who has a suit that makes do him we, invisible. Do we and, think two sociopathic brothers is a bit much? Or how um, do we... I don't know, know that that twist ending works so well. I know we have when, other things to cover before and I, that. And I but. think the reason why it doesn't end as well is because when it happens, you know, you're already thinking, oh, it's the brother. It's got to be the brother. Yeah. And, and I, I felt reveal, like whatever like, okay, when it finally yeah, happened. Yeah. when it's the brother. Um, How many thought, mocap suits do they have? Yeah, that's what I was, that's what I was thinking about, too. So, um, but when and how it, does that thing recharge? It, it sits on the thing. Don't worry about <laughs> okay, it. Right. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, <laughs> Too many it's, questions. It's got an invisible charge port. And so, but when it came to the brother dynamic, I thought it was definitely interesting when, you know, the brother kind of talked about like well he was just a, he hated adrian just as much as elizabeth moss did but that ended up not being the case at he all didn't he didn't sell that that well yeah but you know i kind of believed it for for a second maybe, and then when it maybe. came of course when you know he was in on it all along you know what the other thing so, is this is well we keep bringing this back and i i think maybe better director better visionary certainly a better producer um than a total director so far because if we understood adrian more maybe that part with his brother works yeah but again we don't know shit about that guy so when his brother says he was controlling to me we're like all right uh, we never saw yeah. anything so i guess you know so and, it, it doesn't hit us you, you know, know and it's kind of like what else do you do with this type of story to kind of help action it up or make it a little well, bit more it's entertaining a you know when you have that extra you want, budget you want moss in the middle and it's a vehicle for moss and she's great in it she's really really good yeah. here but you you should have gave us more of the other guys you just yeah. should have Definitely a little bit more flesh, especially just with the brother. But I do like that suit. I do like the suit. It looked and, cool. You know, as yeah, far as I don't like, hate when, it. when it came to the ending in the reveal, where it's like, okay, it's the brother in there, and then he, you know, and then Adrian fakes his own kidnapping, and the- it's just it seems a little too. Okay, if this guy created an invisible suit, which we all know it was him, it wasn't the lawyer brother, right. the government would probably steal this guy, you know, kidnap this guy yeah. for real and force him to, you know, to make an invisible suit He for lives them. in and a so, beautiful house, presumably on a private beach that he owns. Yeah. Like, we don't know nothing about this. What, does he work with Lockheed Sanders? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, does he work with Tony Stark, Stark Industries? Like, who is this guy? We don't know nothing, you know? And, and, I, and I like some of mystery there, but I also can't have that much mystery, you know? Right. It's a bit much. 
Uh, let me ask you this question. So because it's a suit, you know, it's mocap technology, right? It's Mark Ruffalo running around, yeah. you know, in the suit. <laughs> so like when he sneaks into a room, when he hides in the attic, when he's watching her in the shower, uh-huh. the creepy stuff, like he's taking bigger risks there than the guy with the potion. Because uh-huh. it's if the suit malfunctions or the batteries die out or, you know, I doesn't just, the suit make noise? They, Every time they show it, it looks like when the cameras move, they make a little noise. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I feel like it's that part of it. You know, I pulled when you ask me to believe and buy in, it's harder for me to do so. I think I'm fine with it just because, you know, they they do mention a lot. And same thing as talks. They do mention how he's, you know, he's incredibly smart, how he just built this suit, kept it for himself. Again, they tell us how fucking smart he is. He don't look that smart. Uh, He got a cool house, but presumably she built that house. A lot of the psychological, (sighs) you know, uh, torture he was doing on her, you know, kind of, I guess, you know, revealed a little bit as far as like how smart he was, Um, especially I would say. With the knife scene, and you know, and right, let's the talk, about yeah, this. talk about We're the knife talk scene because so, I knew this. Is, um, you're the horror guy, yeah. okay? I am obviously not, but listen, let me just point this out. If you see a knife floating in a restaurant, raise your hand, yeah. say something, okay? Because you know, it floated but for a couple I seconds would, there, a I couple would beats say, before. You know, how often and did you think that looked good? Was that scene? Well oh, I made? thought it was fine. It, it was a quick second where you know the, the sisters are talking, and of course, the sister sees the floating knife. You know, and this whole invisible thing actually is becomes real. And of course, her throat gets slit real quick, then goes back into her hand. I was fine with that just because, okay, I'll believe that there wasn't a camera in that specific spot that caught the floating yeah. knife. You know, I'll buy into that. And first, I'll also first buy let's, into, talk, let's talk about the mechanics here. Yeah. Because I, I, I want to break this down from the start because I feel like as a writer, and I am a terrible writer, I've said it many times, everybody has a hard time connecting these dots on these things. One crappy email to your sister and she hates you. Yeah. If I wrote that email to my sister, she'd laugh at me. I know she would. <laughs> and she'd be like, she'd send me an emoji of like Peter right. Griffin or something like that. Uh, so I don't totally understand I'll that. I'll give you the email. Okay. Yeah, so that then does make sense, you're apologizing. Like, yeah. yeah. So then you're apologizing to your sister. Let me tell you where we should meet. A super trendy nightclub restaurant that's very fancy, even though I'm wearing like a hoodie and right. I haven't put makeup on in five days because I'm being terrorized by like an invisible yeah. yeah. Like, what is that? Why would you meet there? That makes no sense. Meet at right. a police station. Meet at a park. Me, I have no idea. That was all weird to me. Yeah, and I'll give you, I'll give you the email because it's very just like I was hacked. That's I all you got to say. Yeah. Like it's like obviously I don't think she that. Like it. I was By the hacked. Way, does like, the sister live in a library? What a weird apartment yeah. the sister lives in. <laughs> so, uh, well, with the knife, I'll, I'll, I give the knife scene to them because I was like, okay, maybe there's just no camera there, and I also give it to them because you know when you're eating dinner at a restaurant, you normally don't pay attention to like other tables unless something major. I think happens. That's, there's some truth yeah. there. Like and you, when we talk you about don't notice anything because you're in your own little the, bubble. The bloody stuff and up upgrade and it wasn't overdone was extremely well done when yeah. he actually showed it to when you. it happened yeah so here i think it's half good the floating knife thing looks weird i don't know if there's any great way so you to like do a that. little bit more gore and a little bit more action well, right with this if, if you're mean, gonna do it this way if you're right. gonna sign a deal with blumhouse give us a little more now higher i like body the, count yeah i yeah, don't know I, like I don't know about higher but but something more aggressive i guess if you went a higher body count and you went a little bit more aggressive that would show a little bit more as far as how diabolical you know this adrian yeah. character is how diabolical so is it? i yeah. think maybe that would have helped you know you know, introduce a little bit higher body count. The blood on the he, white tablecloth. Mm-hmm. There's some elements there. There's some Hitchcockian stuff there that I sort of appreciated, but it was again didn't get me all the way there. Right. So, and then they use the knife again at the end. Yeah, ah, a little lazy there. You know, and I don't so, know. And even when you know it comes to the hospital scene, when you know basically he's shooting all the all the cops, and I think he only kills a couple of cops. Other ones he just mains shoots and just, in the leg. Yeah, or, knocks yeah, out. So he's not there. he's not exactly shooting to kill or killing these. Which cops, again which, is odd. You if would you're want to go, just kill a guy because yeah. obviously you know once the cops get in play, you know at the yeah. mental hospital scene. First they of all, know, that plan is weird. If he gets yeah. locked in the room, how's he getting out? Yeah. And you know, so, how's he charging the suit? You know, he, I don't get this. What's interesting though, too, as far 
far as like just a little bit of a hole, uh, medium sized hole, I'll say, you know, with that scene is you've got a lot of cops that are going to say, you know, just, you know, about five, six, seven of them that are noticing, you know, flying guns or somebody else, you know, knocking them out or shooting them. So her story becomes definitely a lot more reasonably, you know, to understand and think, okay, this is actually something that is happening, you know, where this guy is actually invisible. Again, I really like this guy, and I look forward to his next group. This is a guy that maybe should stay in the horror genre, you know, juxtaposed to Jordan yeah. Peele, who maybe needs the to go out. sci-fi thriller yeah. horror type of sure. deal, yeah. And, 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 I, and I like his vision, I like his eye, but I think what happened here was that Moss is so captivating, you center it around her to your detriment a little bit too much. And I can see that, too, I yeah. I think that's what they did here a little bit. And, and I think also, too, you know, the title of the movie is Invisible Man, and I think seeing a Misdirection. little... Misdirection. Yeah. Smart. I, a little I, smart. I'm okay person, with that. Yeah, so. yeah, the invisible person. <laughs> Kate Moss invisible. wears a... Or a Kate Moss, uh, Elizabeth Moss wears a suit. Just call so. it Clay Aiken. You know what I, mean? I don't know. <laughs> just Clay. Just, just Clay. Just, oh, yeah, just Clay. Yeah, just yeah, Clay. Just yeah, Clay. Yeah, that smart. sounds better. See? So. <laughs> you got talent, kid. <laughs> yeah, so I think that is something where it does center around a, a lot with Elizabeth Moss, and she does sell it really She's well. Great, but seeing, but we don't learn yeah, about anybody else. I think it would have been a little bit better if we saw just how gruesome, just how crazy, you know, this Adrian character is, the actual invisible man. And just how brutal, you know, he can be not even just to Elizabeth Moss for psychological torture, you know, torture, but just to anybody in general. Also, I was a little confused. Again, it's all about the writing and does do these things make sense. And and when I'm having fun, maybe I pull back the reins and I don't care so much. In this one, I wasn't it was a little slow at times, so I wasn't having super fun. The brother says all this can end if you just have the baby and go back to Adrian. Right. Yeah. Okay, so how's that going to work? He's already dead, presumably, <laughs> by, and they already think she killed her sister. Yeah. So how's it going to make all that go away? Money I makes everything go away, it? Nick. Yeah. We're just supposed to buy into well, that? Well, I mean, like, I'm, you, I'm not sure. you got an invisible suit. You know, I wonder what other gadgets so he what, probably So they're just going to both live in mocap suits the rest of their life? That's, like, that's all you need. So <laughs> I bet that suit on smells. On the beach, nobody bet, ever goes? Is it a compound that he owns? That, that is suit like... must smell. I was wondering that, too. I'm like, how do you wash that? You yeah, know? right? And so... How does he go to the bathroom? Is he pee inside? Is it like a wetsuit where it makes it a little warmer? Um, and, and of course we're, in, we're we're well into spoilers, but you know, in the end, we have it where the brother gets you know framed for all the things that have happening. Correct. You know, he it, it was him, it was my yeah. brother. You know, yeah. and, and that's so, not an awful twist. It's you, executed. Mm, it's fine. Okay, it, it's yeah, fine. It's I would fine, say yeah. it's just fine. It could have been handled a little bit better, or you know, maybe taken in a different direction, just in general. But. Um, you know, the brother thing, it makes sense, like, kind of practically, where it's like, well, how do you get around? Well, the brother was on it, so he would drive him around. You know, maybe they hacked her phone so they knew exactly where she was at. You know, just, you know, all that stuff, you know. But when it comes to... um what was I talking about? He's he's up in the by, by the way, like he's up in the attic hanging out with the cell phone and the knife and stuff like that. No blanket. Yeah, no blanket. Yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> no <when> food, it, <laughs> no water bottle. Like there you go. That's yeah. what I was talking about. So when, when it comes to that ending scene or that that third act, that final yeah, third act, which where moments do, of it I like. I yeah. like the last thirty five minutes. And so. so they do that confrontation where Elizabeth Moss, you know, goes to his house and she just she needs to know that it was him. And of course, you know, she puts on the suit that she hid earlier, which is well done. And so now, I think okay, my, my me, thing with that is she, with that scene is why didn't Adrian notice a missing suit? I mean, I know it's invisible, but, you know, wouldn't you want to find this other suit or right. say this other suit is still there? I agree. And again, we're told how genius this guy is. Yeah. We're told how methodical he is. His, his gaslighting, his me- mentally messing with Elizabeth right. Moss's character over and over and over again. Cecilia, I think is her name. But regardless, yeah, like he's, we're supposed to buy that he's a genius, but also he's going to invite her over and not think anything weird is yeah, going to happen. Yeah, like, he's not just going to die or get shot. All of that is disconnected in a way. Right. Like, and again, we don't know anything about that character. So maybe they thought, well, we don't know anything about this guy, so we don't know. He's so obsessed with her, he would 
would do this. Right. But we don't know enough about him to buy into any of that. So I, the disbelief is hard to sustain And I think, there. I think the, the domestic abuse theme overshadows a lot of that stuff. So you are just watching it from specifically like the point of view from Elizabeth Moss. And that's, and for a lot of people, I think that's all they'll care about. They won't really necessarily care about the Invisible Man because right. it's just... And that's fine, it, I that, guess. That plays into the domestic When abuse he's theme, pulling so. her hair, when he's throwing her around, when he hits the child, yeah. um, that's uh, Storm Reed, who's was, so good in Euphoria. She was actually uh-huh. the best part of Wrinkle in Time and a Duvarnay's kind of crappy. That was movie. a crazy scene when he hit her. The, yeah, the girl. Yeah, I was, was like, oh, shit. Crazy. So, and that's the stuff like, okay, this is what I remember from Upgrade. There's stuff he's willing to go there here, but he's not willing to blow some cop's head off. Yeah. Uh, some of it felt unbalanced. It, yeah, and I can see that. And I think that's that is probably the weakest element of this movie is fleshing out or flushing. Is it flushing or flushing? Yeah, either one. Yeah, we'll flush it. <laughs> show for us this more one, of the we'll Invisible flush. Man. Yeah, show us, yeah. <laughs> show us more of the Invisible Man. We'll flush. So, for this one, we'll flush. Yeah, show us more of the Invisible Man. But and you know, and of course, you know, I think it was a good direction to try to just make this sing, you know, single. This is just a single movie. There's no ties to the dark universe or even a franchise and, in general because that, they kill. Okay. Spoiler warning: They kill the Invisible Man. But Adrian she ends takes up dying. the suit. Yeah, Which, again, now she takes the turn, and she's the aggressive one, and she committed an act of murder. So is she capable of being the invisible woman, or is this going to go further in carrying right. her story? And the, and the practical question here is, do we want a sequel of any kind to this? Um, I'd say no. I'd say no. I, also, I, yeah. I'd rather see, you know, yeah. I don't really want the dark universe Now, if this general, movie makes $80 so... million dollars or $100 million, which it's on track to do, basically. Yeah. We don't know how it'll hold over the next few weeks, but... If it does, they're going to start calling for yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think they should, though. I think when it comes to the director, you know, I think having him come up with more properties is going to be a bigger draw because, you know, next time, you know, uh, what's his name? The director. Lee uh, Winnell. Next time Lee Winnell comes out with something, you know, I'm going to want to actually see it in theaters because I was really satisfied with Upgrade. And although I liked Upgrade a lot better than The Invisible Man, I, I thought, almost think upgrade. Give me an expanded universe. This one, there's no need. For and that. there, there have been talks about an upgrade too. He, so he they actually want to do said, something bigger budget with upgrade too. Again, Hollywood is such a weird place, right? It is such a weird Strange place. land. Thank <laughs> God Harvey Weinstein is finally going to jail. Oh but yeah. Regardless yeah. of that, like they call Lee Winnell in to Universal, and he thought that they were going to pitch him and give him money for an upgrade two or something along those right. lines. He said that he sat at that meeting, he talked to the executives, and it was like those executives had never seen upgrade. Wow. He didn't want to talk about at all which he found to be odd and he didn't know nothing about what they were going to ask him to do and then they slide over like the Goyer thing and say it's going to be the invisible man you want to do a take on it and he was like "All right, I guess like it was that's weird right like why does Hollywood have to work that way now this this isn't Universal right it's just like leased to them I think it's it's it's, Blumhouse well yeah Universal owns the rights I think uh, I think the legality of that is you you can I think with the Invisible Man you can make an Invisible Man movie but it can't be like connected to a franchise and I think that's how they were able to do it with Blumhouse is they were able to make you know as that's how they were able to make the Invisible Man was by having it just be singular which I think works in its benefit because you know you kill off Adrian which you know is a suicide which is looks like a suicide but is actually that Moss death in scene Invisible looked suit. a little better than the sister one yeah. but I didn't like either one that much yeah I mean. It's fine. Yeah. Like, I, I guess, you know, but, as far as... But just to get the mechanics of it, Jason Blum uh, is somehow connected to the Dark Universe. He had pitched ideas for the Dark Universe oh, really? and always wanted to make it more horror-based. I don't know the Universal Blumhouse connection legality-wise. Yeah. But, again, you're bringing this guy in. I don't think Blum was part of it for this particular movie. 
I don't totally get why you wouldn't have a better like pitch for him. Right. Like it, maybe he could do an ex- ex- expanded universe, but you just like eh, do a one off, you know? Yeah. It's kind of just weird and lazy. It is. Filmmaking. And you know, if, and I, I'm fine with as far as like, a, if for just one being, being one movie, mm-hmm. I'm fine with how it ended. You know, this is just a one and done. I don't think they should, you know, come into it again as a sequel. If they were going to expand on it, I think the best place, the best way to kind of do it is after Adrian fakes his kidnapping, that the yeah. government just snatches him up, you know? I, I do and think so. it there misses out on this one thing. Now, I know it's got the feminist take. I know it's got the uh, toxic masculinity, all that stuff. Right. But I do think, like, when, when a guy puts on an invisible suit, all he really wants to do is go in the girls' locker room. Yeah. Like, you got to have, like, one... Like, the, the Hollow Man had a little creepiness there. Yeah, like, it definitely did, yeah. It would have gave it a, t- a tinge more. And I'm not, you know, obviously being super... This is producer Ryan's lane where he's super creepy about this stuff. But you should have an element of that. And it never really so, covered that. And I um, don't know why. It's. A, I mean, it, it is yeah. basically... H.G. Wells wrote the character. I mean, I feel like... That's part there's of that particular character. There's right? something fun about a naked invisible man just yeah. walking, running around. Or, um, or yeah, he's naked. He just takes a mocap uh, suit off. Like, what does he wear underneath that thing? Do, do you do you remember the joke in Hollow Man that Kevin Bacon says? I don't. Do you remember. want me to tell it to you? Oh, God. Okay. Uh, yeah, disclaimer it's warning. It's Verhoeven, so I'm sure. Yeah. It's awful. D- disclaimer warning. <laughs> but this is this is the joke that's told in the hol- in the Hollow Man with by Kevin Bacon, which also has Josh Brolin or uh, Josh Brolin in it too as well. I believe and so. And yeah. so uh, where he talks about you know one day you know he's getting ready to do the procedure right, and Kevin Bacon's like you know he's telling. This joke he says the invisible man right he's up on a you know they have it where one where one day superman's flying around right and for whatever reason superman's just really really horny this is really big disclaimer you know so superman's really really horny and then he sees wonder woman right and so he sees Wonder Woman flying around and he decides he's gonna go over there have sex with her real quick you know because he's super fast and then fly back around so he goes over has sex with wonder woman moves out flies back around and notices she doesn't even move it doesn't even phase her so he's like what the heck's going on so he flies back around goes over has sex with wonder woman and then moves around and she's like what the heck's going on she's not even phased by it and then he goes down he's like hey what's going on you know over here and one woman is just like you know standing there still and all of a sudden you hear the invisible man's like i don't know what's going on but my ass hurts like hell <laughs> <laughs> actually it's not terrible <laughs> <laughs> so so the, the hollow man is a guilty it's a guilty perfectly yeah, well, it is, yeah it's that's not like, terrible that's like you know in a in a me too movement especially sure. with this movie about domestic <laughs> abuse it's not the best joke to tell on this podcast but that the hollow man is definitely a guilty pleasure you know just let, of let me ask you this question <laughs> to, to, to rescue you okay uh, yeah so, thank, i'm gonna get a lot of emails this <laughs> yeah, one yeah <laughs> please direct them to talkingclick.com not yeah. real watchability but uh no think, find me at ryan underscore dot com yeah, ryan underscore, yeah, exactly right uh okay so let me ask you this question does this movie work without the invisible man suit is it just um, a good domestic violence movie? Could you make this movie that way where just, she does it without all that I stuff? Think, I think it's just the domestic... Because that's the theme that it's going for, I think the domestic abuse theme, it does enhance the story for Adds what the they're, yeah, for what they're trying the to go IP for. Gives fresh take. Yeah. Right, Although yeah. I think the most interesting... You know, what's interesting about The Invisible Man is he can't become invisible. It's not a suit. It's just a form that he takes and it just happens to be, you know, driving him insane slowly. So, you know, but once you introduce the formula thing, it just... It takes away from that character. You know what I mean? Where it's just some people are just you know they're just bad you know it's it's not just the formula it's just some people are just bad do you think hg wells who also wrote war of the worlds i think the island of dr moreau great yeah. writer in the jules verne sort of science fiction element 
Would he like this movie? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I think, think so because, either, yeah. you know, he would want more exploration of the Invisible Man in general. He was the science fiction guy. Yeah, exactly. Kind of that and so there is that sci-fi element to it. And like I said, I like the suit. If they were ever going to try and do a dark universe again or a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, you got to go Invisible Man without the suit. I think you got to do just the formula, you know. I agree. Make yeah. him invisible with it. So, really explore the science fiction but, side. But I do like that this was just a one and done. You know, we don't have to worry about hopefully not Invisible Man 2 coming out. Or we didn't have to... We didn't have to get the thing that happened in Amazing Spider-Man 2 or even with The Mummy where they're just trying to build up this franchise in one single movie that it forgets to be, you know, its own movie. Does, and so that's that's the part I liked about this. Okay, we'll get controversial for a moment here before we give it a rating. Yeah. Does it surprise you that it's doing so well critically? Um, no, it, does it doesn't. the Woman in Pearl feminist aspect contribute to that? Is I that think, part of that? Or? I think it does contribute to it. Because I'm surprised I, it's that high. I would say it's easy points. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it definitely is easy points to get a is little bit so better critic skew. It. Yeah, and you she know, is so very good. I think there's a lot to like about it. There are some holes that I think you can overlook because you are enjoying it fairly well. I'm surprised and, critics are overlooking some of the plot holes so much, but I guess... when you, you know, know, And it was the same thing with Us, wasn't it? Or yeah. no, Us was tracking around the 70% too, I lower, think. Also, lower right? than 90 yeah, for sure, so yeah. I think it's something you can overlook when you're having a little bit more fun. And because this movie does a good job of setting up tension and just setting up the story in general, that I, I definitely would overlook it. It's not until after the movie was said and done where it kind of escapes into my mind and it's like, well, how did Adrian not realize, you know, the invisible suit was gone? I know it's invisible. You know, how many of these missing suits does he have just lying around? You know, is he really that smart or is he just... He's obviously <laughs> you <know>? not. <laughs> he's he's just, that obsessed that we're just supposed to let it go. Just, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I, I just imagine there's just all these invisible suits. He's just like, I know I left it here, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I left yeah. it in the charging port. Like, so. Again, the, the logic there is a problem yeah. because um, because of that. Actually, one us, of tra- a, us tracks at 93%. The critics did like that, but you know the difference between us and this movie? At the moment, this movie's tracking 80 audience um us 59 percent audience yeah i can see so, that it's just that i understand yeah, yeah and we have our own issues with that movie too uh sure. just kind of a, a go little, back and listen to that episode that was a good episode. yeah give, yeah give it a listen so with with another kind of miscellaneous thought too uh there's that scene when she's in the kitchen and she's just like what are you waiting for nice kitchen and, i like the cabinet so, work there all the houses all, are really cool in this all it movie. reminds me of is uh i know what you did last summer where it's just like, what are you waiting for? Yeah. And of course, scary movie. So when she did that scene and she's just in there, you know, I'm just like, that's all I could think about. She's like, what are you waiting for? It's just I, around. I know what you did last summer is better than this movie. The first one. Oh, the first, the first one? one? I haven't yeah. seen the first one in forever. It's such a but clean horror remember. movie. A clean really? slasher movie. Yeah, that's like, like that known movie. as like one of the worst movies. I like of, it. Really? I like it. I stand by it. Guilty pleasure. If you talk yeah. about like, I'm not the horror guy to begin with, but I feel like those kind of traditional slasher movies scream. There's Kevin Williamson that writes all those, right? Yeah, uh, I know what you did last summer. At least the first ones. Obviously, when the sequels start going, it gets a little weird. I like both of those quite. a I bit, I think it's actually. a lot of horror in general. Once the yeah. sequels start going, you're yeah. just what's going on yeah. with this man? And first so, Halloween. Oh man, but um, I still think this is just a much better expected. You know, it's much better expected than what we could have gotten, especially from Universe or Dark Universe. I just I did not have any faith in that at all. Since the Mummy as well, I felt like if you know if Universal did it and they're doing it with Johnny Depp. I don't think it would have done well. well. I thought it would have just been a little here, bit more here's mediocre. Thing. So you know, we talk about it uh, like it doesn't matter, but it does matter with this Weinstein, the Me Too movement. Johnny Depp's got his own problems with the Me Too movement. 
to go from what Goyer and Depp, whatever they were going to do with their right. Invisible Man movie, to sort of like this more feminist take on it and have it work, you know, re- reasonably well. It's certainly going to make money. So what for you're them. saying is they should have gender flip where Johnny Depp was Elizabeth Moss and then Amber, whatever her name yeah. was, was the Invisible Beats the, the Invisible Woman. <laughs> I actually think that could work. That'd be and you, you know, know what? what? I would that's, probably be entertained by that. That's actually pretty interesting <laughs> because that'd be fresh. That'd be a new take because I don't think we Johnny ever. Johnny Depp needs the money for his island. I, I don't think we've ever gotten male domestic abuse, at least not from a female you know i mean from a female antagonist you know at least not as clear as day as this not you that know. i recall off the top of my head i'm sure it's happened, ahead, but, not, but, you know, not done well either yeah probably, so. you know that would be interesting just to have <laughs> yeah I, I feel bad for saying it because you know johnny depp did get really i don't know if you saw his finger online what it looked like it, it looked not. it looked pretty bad yeah. um, I, apparently amber hurt uh, amber hurt i think she strikes me she, as a crazy person yeah. but he also is a crazy person yeah, so not, i don't i don't know what that relationship yeah is i don't like, know what it's like either yeah. we you know but he it's Johnny Depp, you know, yeah. but also too, it's just that would have been an interesting take if you do like the gender reverse on it. So I don't know. Maybe I think, I feel like there's, a, there's an idea there. There is an idea. Something there. And yeah. with Johnny Depp too, as well. He's just not even acting. He's yeah. really scared, and so he's got problems. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. I feel bad for today. Yeah, let's, so let's, let's rate it. Let's rate it. Um, I'm gonna, you know. As far as the movie goes, I definitely wish they would have, you know, just from talking with you about it, I definitely wish they would have explored a little bit more on the Invisible Man just in general. Give Missed us a little bit more gore. It, again, yeah, give us a little if bit you're going to call it stuff. the Invisible Man, yeah. we got to explore the Invisible yeah, Man make a little me, bit more. You know, although we don't like Adrian, make me actually like hate him a little bit more. You know, do, do uh, I, I know I'm, I'm jumping over your time, but one more last thought there. Yeah. Do you think that if they hired a more known actor in either the brother role or the Adrian role, would that have helped, or is um, that not necessary? If they hired a known actor, they would be, kind of be forced to flush flush him out a little bit more gotcha. because you know what I mean. If you've so that got, was purposely if done. you've got a known actor, you got to show them a little bit more. It's kind of like with uh, what was it with uh, Sylvester Stallone and Judge? You know when did the they did the first Judge Dredd, right? He just he you're not supposed to take off the helmet, but he took it off because he's Sylvester Stallone. And you have to show his face. I don't hate that yeah. movie. No, really, the first one? I don't. I like it, but I don't hate the one. The Carl. I like that one a lot. Yeah, that that's actually, actually a really good. smart. Yeah, that was one where it's just caught on Netflix. And I was like, wow, this is actually. They should really have made sequels to that. That one did not turn a profit. I guess it was a little bit too much. A lot of people really liked it, but. I think if they weren't the well-known actor, you would have to show more of him. Um, so it's a calculated but, decision that we don't know those actors that much. I know he was on Haunting on Hill House. Yeah. Um, and that we don't spend time with them, so it's purposely done. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know you're if probably so right. much as that, but I think it is kind of a budget thing too as well. You know, you've only got $7 million, you know? So I think it still would have been a good idea regardless of what actor, known or non-known, to yeah, flesh him out a yeah. little bit more at least, you know, give us a reason to be a little bit more afraid of him rather than I, just stories. I so. almost think we did seven on the podcast, one of our more popular ones. And I've, I've always liked that movie because you didn't know Kevin Spacey was in it um, until you saw it until after about a week or so. Yeah. If you had put a known actor, but you didn't know he was in it, I feel like that could work too. Yeah, I think that would work as well. So, but as far as rating, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. You know, this seven is I think I think Ooh, this is okay. the best case scenario we could have got from this movie. You know, your pure emotion guy, your pure emotion yeah. was satisfied, or yeah, no, I I was sati- I was definitely satisfied with it. You know, it's not the most perfect movie ever made. You know, by far, but it's entertaining. You you give it a little bit of a curve because of just the budget that it has with what it's working with, and you're just astonished by how well it looks with such a low budget. You know, so it's I think it's the best thing that we could have gotten and although we have you know the domestic abuse theme and the me too movement in there you know 
enhance that aspect of the story, although I wish they would have explored more of the Invisible Man just in general. I'm going to give it that good solid seven and a half. I think it's worth at least watching at least once, whether it's in theaters or just on streaming or, you know, if Blockbuster is still around. So that's pretty fair. I think for me, and again, I know after I walk out of the theater, I'm not super satisfied, but I know it's not a disappointment. It's kind of in the family of Brightburn. I don't know if it's just me that I'm harder on horror movies in general or, or what the story is here, but I, I felt like the writing lacked a little bit. Uh, even though I liked the way some of it looked, it was a little lazy Hitchcock at times. I thought the sound, I saw it in a Dolby theater and the sound got a little bit too loud in moments, which uh-huh. I thought was jarring, like where they're really forcing the tension. Sometimes it works, sometimes it didn't. So not a complete piece. Now, I think Moss is incredible in this movie. She runs the gambit of emotions, has to do a lot of stuff, presumably in an empty room or empty attic. So like, I, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed some of the side characters also. Too many twists, too many endings. It's a bit of a mixed bag. For me, on the Shawshank scale, I'm going to give it a five and a half for now. Keep it out of the disappointments bag. And, you know, it's worth watching, but I do think that your time is better served watching Upgrade um, yeah. instead uh, yeah. of this, you know, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But I do like this director, and I do think he's got moves going forward, and I'm looking forward to his escape from New York. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm definitely looking forward to what else he's going to do, although this is going to, you know, be very successful. I do like Upgrade a little bit more. I think Upgrade just had a much more compelling story to tell, just in general. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I do like what they do with that action and that I, gore when it does come. I will add that we talk about how Hollywood messes things up all the time, and when they release like Halloween in August or something like that, yeah. I hate it. It is Women's History Month. It is March 1st, uh, the day we're recording today. So yeah. to do something that's got the toxic masculinity, the feminist, the, the hero twist of her at the end, um, the woman in peril stuff, I do think they're cap- capturing something there. Yeah. And that's smart. And I and I wouldn't. I bet you if they made a sequel to this, I'd probably go anyway. Right. I'll just add that. Do, should they? No. If they did, do I want to see Elizabeth Moss as an put the mocap suit on? Right. Yeah, I do. Okay. So, <laughs> just there to you see go. that. Just the invisible woman, the invisible person. Yeah, the invisible woman. I want to see the dog put the mocap suit on. So oh, the they, poor dog. What happened Zeus? to the dog? I like to think he's alive. Yeah. I like to think Zeus Again, is alive. Again, they don't revisit that. If, they, if just they showed miss that page, if the they showed Adrian killing the dog, <laughs> that would have been would have been yeah, something. It would have been something. I always though. hate it when they kill dogs in a movie, but it would have been. Yeah. yeah, it's automatic for me. You hate you're that just, character. Like, you kill as yeah. many people as you want. It's like, ah, oh, whatever. Again, they kill the, one dog. It's like, no, don't kill the dog. Killing like, stuff <laughs> is such a mixed bag. Yeah. So they they kind of messed that up in the screenplay. Oh, uh, and so uh, we're going to move on to our next segment. We've got mail. Uh, so if you guys want to reach us with a listener question, you can do so at talkingflick at gmail.com. Talkingflick at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, I joined you for that one. So uh, I got an email here from Jacob who says, which TV universe would you live in? So Jacob, that's, a, that's an interesting question. So uh, I'm going to assume this is animated or like... Action. Just anything, open yeah, bag, any, anything, movies, open TV, bag. Any, oh, it's TV um, only, right? Okay. Yeah, only TV. So whether it's net, streaming, just straight to TV, whatever it is. Who wants is, to go but, first? You go first? Um, I go first? You go well, first? You, definitely no Game of Thrones because, you know. Definitely not. Definitely not. You, I, I want to live working toilets. Working toilets yeah, is working like first, toilets. check one. Um, I, You have to give it to comedy because I'd have to give it to like uh, like The Office or maybe only, even. Almost uh, any snarky comedy would work there. Yeah. Friends, Seinfeld, Community, Parks Office, and Rec. Parks yeah. and Rec. All maybe, those are fun uh, places. Maybe The Simpsons because that's like eternal life basically because they'll never be canceled maybe so <laughs> I, could, I could be the new ned flanders i could see that yeah I could grow so a mustache they rarely kill the simpsons so i'd have to give it uh you know i don't really want to go simpsons yeah you know i'll go simpsons i'll simpsons, go simpsons that's yeah, a go good simpsons, answer a so. clean answer i definitely wouldn't want to go not south, not south park yeah definitely yeah, not, south, definitely park, not yeah. south park you're just asking for trouble so if it's a comedy i almost want to live it makes me so uncomfortable and i like it so much at the moment i'll be recent 
I almost want to live in the Curb Your Enthusiasm world. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just feel like even though I wouldn't be the Larry David character, I'd be in the restaurant laughing at that character yeah. as he does whatever he is doing. If it's going to be in the drama world, um, especially in the world we live in now. Uh, House I of would, Cards with no, Kevin Spacey. Gonna, yeah. I want to live, live in the West Wing. I want to live in the oh, West okay. Wing world. I had a feeling you would say yeah. that too. I was yeah. like, oh, I just like that world, Wing. man. I like that world. That's, what about that's, Watchmen? Um, probably, probably not. No, I I would probably have a good time living there, but I don't think definitely not the outsider or watch. But no, those are too dark, okay. too dark for me. Maybe Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Silicon not, Valley. Yeah, I could do. Yeah, yeah I Silicon could live Valley's in that world. Bad, I'm so. okay with that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we'll move on to good our question, Jacob. Yeah, there. We'll move on to our next segment. Uh, recommendations. Anything you caught over the week or the weekend that you want to recommend? Uh, I haven't seen a ton of stuff. I'm still watching The Outsider. I'm yep. caught up on that. I'm still jumping up and down, even though nobody's listening to me about the new Pope. It's great TV. Oh, yeah. Spoiler, the old Pope is awake. Oh, man. So, <laughs> so stay with that show. I tried so watching smart. The Young Pope, and I just I, I watched the first two episodes, and I just couldn't it's get weird. into it. I couldn't get into it's it. It's really I'm weird. On, I think I was on Italian. episode two, almost episode three, and I just yeah. I could not so, totally get into it. I so. think if you just watch like the first episode of The Young Pope, you don't need to watch anything else and you could jump right into the second season. Okay. But it is niche. I don't think it's for everybody. Okay. But I really like that show. <laughs> and it's unlike anything else on television. And I'm still hanging with that. Aside from that, just coming coming ahead, Netflix has Dirty Money Season 2, which is the Alex Gibney famous documentarian guy coming. Um, I really want to see that. And of course, Westworld, March 15th. It's coming. I can't wait for that. Mm. I actually think I changed my mind. I wasn't going to watch Season 2 again, but I'm going to watch the end of Season 2 just to refresh before season three comes okay so. yeah i'm probably gonna have to rewatch it or just, just a couple re- episodes yeah. I think. I, i'm definitely gonna need to catch a recap i'm yeah. sure there's something on youtube where there's there's always a recap um so over the week i caught uh it was a new netflix documentary that came out because i really like the aaron hernandez one that came out oh it's a tough, um, watch. tough this, watch for me this one was a much more tough watch it was the the trials of gabriel fernandez Oh man, what is that? Oh my god! <laughs> Do I gotta write that down. Do I gotta watch uh, that one? It's it's really rough to watch. Like it's it's six episodes long. Um, hour episodes. About forty to forty minutes in an hour. Each god. each episode kind of varies, but um, true crime. Is this is uh, a disclaimer warning too, as well, because this is a story that's not very like our type of podcast friendly too, as well. Um, we can do anything on Talking Flicks. We can do anything. I would not want us to do this one, though. This this would take all the fun We're going to break down the South Carolina so, primary. But, uh, We're not going to do that? That's no. our second part. <laughs> okay, all right. We're not going to do that. <laughs> so um, this is this is about Gabriel Fernandez, who was an what's eight-year-old. His, what's, his, what's his deal? What's so the story he was, he was an eight-year-old boy. In oh, Long- no. I know. Oh, I know. No. I know. Come on, man. So um, this actually happened. I'm going to go watch Attack on Titan. I don't want to watch that. Yeah. So this happened in 2013. And so. Fairly recent. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's about Gabriel Fernandez, who's an eight-year-old boy who was living with his biological mother and his biological mother's uh, boyfriend and his two and his older brother and older sister for about eight months. And I won't get into the two specifics of it, but he he ended up dying from extreme domestic abuse. Oh, and so man, the uh, the the documentary it takes a look, you know, at the DCFS from more than one person. Um, or? so it it explores a little bit on the boyfriend, explores the mother's family, explores definitely Gabriel Fernandez. It explores the sh- the social workers involved with the case as well as the DCFS uh, in general. So for our other listeners that are outside of you know America, the Basically, the social workers or the DCFS, at least out there in L.A., and then pretty much everywhere, they practically do nothing. You know, they, they don't really document things as well. So 
with this story, you know, you had the uh, the the boyfriend who was on trial for the death penalty in California, which is a pretty big deal in California. So they were able to, you know, spoiler warning, they were able to convict him for the death penalty on first degree murder. Uh, the mother got, you know, life in prison, and then so they they, both they were got also prosecuted for so that. they were also, tr- you know, trying to prosecute. The DA was trying to prosecute social workers. So social workers were looking at ten plus years of for prison failing time. to do their job. Yes, so it should be the right thing to do. It's. It definitely pisses you off, like from watching it too. It's it's a good. I don't want to say it's a good watch. It's a tough watch, but it is. It does give you an exploration of this, that, and so it is. I know the answer to this question, but I'm yeah. gonna ask it anyway. Did you ever see Precious? No, I didn't see Precious. No, <laughs> okay. I didn't. Maybe we'll cover that. I think we could cover that on the podcast. Yeah, because we, we're grown. I think I was a teenager when that came out. Yeah, I think I was like it's maybe a, it's 14 a tough or 15. watch, yeah. but it's covering some of the ground you're talking about. Yeah, here. so it was just it was insane. You get a little mad at the social workers because oh, they bet. just. It was, they weren't documenting things. They weren't documenting the abuse. They believed every single lie that the mother said. You know, like, oh, he fell off a bike. Oh, it was neighborhood kids. It was all this stuff. And so at that time, like after it happened and, you know, it leaked on the news what was happening and just like, you, you you would call it gross negligence as far as with the social workers and as well as like the DCFS in, L- in LA too as well that handle all the child abuse stuff, you know, and social work and CPS in that state. Where, you know, there was just all this negligence on all levels where this, you know, this person was obviously being abused for so, you know, for eight months and nobody did anything. There wasn't enough documentation, you know, where the social worker just stopped recording because on their charts, they have a body chart where you can mark if there's any bruises or whatever it is. And so the social worker just stopped, you know, doing any documenting and believed every single lie that the mother said, you know, the police had like this major issue going on too as well with, you know, with an internal investigation where the cops weren't doing anything, you know, they were just believing the mother every time she said it was the boy that did this or it was something, something. And so they just believed every single lie that was thrown at them. devastating. And so, of course, you know, um, when the boy ended up dying, you know, from the abuse and, you know, the hospital workers work on him, they, you know, it's, it's, wasn't. When they when they called the ambulance, they said, "Oh, he was playing with his brother, and he just fell and hit his head." And of course, when the paramedics and when they they're working on him in the hospital, going into you know surgery, they noticed that this wasn't the case. You know, he had clear signs of abuse all over because he had wounds healing from you know former abuse, and it was just a major thing. And the community was so mad at the DCFS, um, and it was it was it was a major case. Where, where does this take place? This is in L.A. LA. Okay. So, uh, and actually, my cousin Daniel, if you remember him from the first two podcasts, yep. his uh, fiance works in social work over here, you know, in, in Nevada. In Nevada. And, you know, you know, I told her about it. And she's like, I won't watch it because they talk about this Gabriel Fernandez, you know, kid all the time in social work yeah. because it's the, it's the worst possible case scenario. And it really pissed a lot of people off. And then what pissed people off a lot more was you had, you know, this young kid who died. And basically, you know, he died in 2013. And then five years later after his death and basically two years after the trial was all wrapped up, the same exact thing happened under the DCFS's watch and one county over in L.A. Oh, man. Same exact scenario. Did not solve Yeah, any, exactly. Any solutions. So it's, uh, it's an interesting documentary to watch, but it's going to rile up some emotions. You'll get pissed at it. I wish it wasn't six episodes. I wish it was a little bit shorter because it is, it is a tough watch, but it's just I think it's I, insane just I, how much negligence was going on. Just you know, and nobody was willing to take responsibility for it. You know, like the police officers, you know, the police department, social worker department, like none of them want to take responsibility for it, you know, and it's just, it's, it's a tough watch, but it, it definitely riles you up. It's like, how could things get so bad? These and, things are tough. I need a few more weeks to recover from the trials of Aaron Hernandez or whatever before yeah. I get into this. But what you find in all this stuff is a, one or two good people doing what they're supposed to do yeah. could have stopped. 
so yeah. much. And the the lack of people doing that is yeah. astounding. And you ha- and you feel bad because they they talk about his teacher too as well. You know, his first grade teacher and how you know every time you know this boy walked into her class and he was obviously you know bruised up. Where you know she would call the social worker, you know, and then and just, the it just kept on happening. Just would not do and a lot of right. times, I think, and a lot of times, you know, just nothing was happening. You know, she would call the social worker every single time, and so she, you know, she tried really hard to get something done, but it was just, you know, she even brought the principal in, like, let's take pictures of him, and the principal's like, no, we can't. It's not our job to investigate, and it's just like, oh man, you know, it's it. Def- there's nothing more that will piss you off at, you know, government work, I guess you could say, or not even yeah. just, yeah, just just bureaucracy Un- in general. Unchecked and bureaucracy so, can be tough. Yeah, sometimes. and so it, it is. It is a tough watch. Um, I don't a, know that the answer would be no social workers, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, really, I don't think that's the answer to work. Correctly, yeah, I don't. So. I don't think that's the answer to that. But it, it is a tough watch. On a lighter note, I've been rewatching episodes of The Office because you got to. You oh, know man. what I mean? To Especially go from after, that to The Office. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hard. Pivot. I mean, you you got to. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Surprise. So, so I mean, uh, after watching that, I was like, I gotta watch something. Yeah. You know, a little yeah. bit more light warming, and Michael Scott, you know, does it for me. So. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll cleanse the palate. Yeah, that'll definitely. Yeah. So you need a, you need a, so have something, if you're going to watch this documentary, have something lined up that you can watch afterwards. That's at least going to, you know, cleanse you up just a little bit, but Man, that's tough. That is, I did not see tough. that recommendation. Yeah, I know it, it's tough. <laughs> I didn't see it either, you know, but I caught it and it's just like, man, this you is put the mocap suit on and snuck up behind me on that. Yeah, one. I know. <laughs> uh, I, I probably will. I, I, I have room in my life for true crime. I, I need to recover a little bit from the other one, but yeah. I, I may get to that. And it seems like, you know, Netflix too, because you know, they got so much content on there. I'm not yeah. a big fan of their movies, but their documentaries lately have been just, they kinda, crush it with documentaries. They, they crush it with comedy. It. Yeah some other stuff <laughs> and i've been watching mcmillions too as well i love it i still uh, like it. i love it too yep. it's just everything here from like the colombo family like everyone related yeah. to Colum- i'm just Jerry like you guys sound like a bunch of liars like yeah. n- every every person related to you that don't situation believe the wife, not for a oh, second yeah i know yeah, not for a second. like even the uh the, the african brother Amer- the african-american lady the brother yeah yeah it's just oh, like yeah. every time they're telling the story like anybody in connection to the, that colombo family i'm just like this sounds like well that's the total thing horseshit, the, the, the you know? liability like, there is one thing so they're all noticeably lying and res- being like holding things back. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's part of the documentary. You know, I think that's part of the story. Yeah. And so. I think it is too. So we'll, I think, what was that? Episode four or five? Yeah, I think we have two more to go. We got two more. One so. more coming Tuesday than the last one the week after. Yeah. So, so. We, we only got two more. So I'm curious how it's going to end, but, uh, that's all we got for you guys this week. Uh, next week, we're not sure what we're doing yet. We'll get Producer it from Ryan, Ryan, but uh, we'll put it on Twitter. And so what we'll be doing. We're going so. to Japan. We're going to Japan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I brought my face mask, so. Me too. But uh, where can we find you at, Nick? Uh, you can always find me at realwatchability.com. You can find the 1989 Batman review there. I attached a podcast to it. And then you can hit me up on Twitter at Real Watch. And as always, you can find Ryan over on his other podcast, Dragon Questicles, or even on Twitter, Ryan underscore dot com. That's his Twitter, right? I'm fairly, so. I'm fairly confident. Give me those questies. There's, there's a link in the description for everybody's stuff. Uh, I think it's garbageboy.com <laughs> garbage boy. Yeah, uh, that's another sure. one for yeah, another Dragon Quest. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so. There's a lot of ways to reach him. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's more than one ways. So as always, we're Talking Flick. You can find us over on Twitter, Flick underscore Talking. If you really like the episode, you can always leave us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you're listening to us on. If you really, Four stars? Really, at least five. Four five? and a half. Okay, four and a, sorry, we're going to give it five half. this week. Yeah. Five this week, yeah. Whenever producer Ryan's not on, I want five. You want five? When he's on, two and a half. <laughs> then, two and a half. Let's yeah. be reasonable. <laughs> one star. One, give me one star or nothing. So it's like, oh man, we're about to go down that rating list on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> if we weren't low enough already, that's the final straw. So <laughs> You can't go any... I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Hereditary but, is the low mark. 
Mark. It's, oh, it's all building yeah, up from there. I still gotta watch. <laughs> I still gotta watch Midsummer. But uh, oh, God. anyways, if you really really like the show, you can always become a Patreon supporter. Uh, you can donate literally however much you want. There's a link in the description for everybody's stuff. And so that's pretty much it, guys. We're talking flick, and we'll talk at you next week. If you see a floating knife, raise your hand. <laughs> if you Please. see something, say something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh.